Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring, from parts unknown, at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Pickaloaf and Dr. Zong! Dr. Zom is so much cooler than Piccolo. Piccolo, oh God. You chose your path. I, do, I did. I, I made my bed, and I will now lie now in you it. You have to lay in your fucking piss-soaked sheets. Ugh. Jesus Christ. Oh, welcome to the show. We got some wrestling movies we're going to talk about today, guy. Uh, we're doing Grunt, the wrestling movie. Actually, the wrestling mockumentaries, guy. Uh, Grunt, the wrestling movie. What is that from, 1985? Yeah, and then Kayfabe, little Canadian comedy from night or from 2007. So yeah, we'll get into those soon. Zom, how are you, sir? <gasps> Me too. I went to um, Taco Bell before the show, and I left at approximately, I think, like 15 after five. And I thought, okay, well, we'll probably start at six. <laughs> so I'm going to take my iPad with me. <laughs> and I had a half an hour of grunt to watch. <laughs> so I got my tacos yeah, and man. my double XL stuffed chicken burrito. <laughs> and I pulled in the Bob Evans parking lot. And I'm sitting there with grunt on my iPad, sitting on my <laughs> dashboard. And I figured people were walking by going, what the fuck in hell is this goddamn goofball doing? So anyway, um, ate that shit. And then I stopped and got a big, one of those big cans of, uh, 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 I can't remember what brand it is, but it's the kind that I like of this <laughs> canned <laughs> coffee thing. I got one oh, when no, we were you, at the ra- Rast. You, yeah, the Starbucks, uh, what the hell was now, kind of It was a Starbucks. Something. This is a, this is a different brand. Starbucks. Yeah. I got Starbucks because that's all they had. But uh, this is better. And I drank that, and I was all pumped up. And I was like, fuck yeah, man. Yeah, we're going to do this show. Goddamn. And then I sat here for like an hour not knowing <laughs> that Skype had disconnected. And, uh, <laughs> you know. But anyway, luckily I saw it before like 9 o'clock. Yeah, I would have gone to bed and said, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Nobody listens to shit anymore. Yeah, fuck this shit. Fart knocker. <laughs> I think we have more people listening to the show than... than uh, nah, we probably don't. <laughs> we have the same amount of people that listen to the show that post interesting, constructive things in the Facebook group. It's like uh, William Hurt <laughs> in The Big Chill. I had a, I had a small, disturbed following <laughs> for his radio show. And he got his 
pecker blown off in Vietnam. So, oh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, Vietnam pecker. Yeah, pecker. Yeah, I'm, uh, I love the word pecker. I think it's hilarious. I know, you should have been called pecker loaf. <laughs> Wait, what? What? Um, the, I had a shitty week. Um, <laughs> All right, what's going on? No, the, yeah, just the usual, just, you know, work blowing. I, I I worked at a new place this week, kind of a change of scenery, so that was kind of neat. Not a new job, just a different store. Um, so that was a cool little change of pace. It's just a different different environment. So it's a much bigger store. So I got to work a couple of days over there. They actually have sunlight, which is kind of interesting. You can actually see out the door. You can see weather happen. I've missed snowstorms entirely here at the job I have now. It would snow and melt before I even knew anything had happened. Because uh, um, speaking of your work, yeah, and your your uh, torturous standing on your feet, uh, and you were going to buy a pair of comfortable shoes. Ooh, okay, I, I bought a uh, Keen. Okay, are those the ones that you had on at the wrestling thing? Yes. Okay, because I was looking at Keen, K-E-E-N, yes. shoes last night on Amazon, and I saw they had them in like a tan color, black, and I think maybe brown. And they're yep. mostly like just leather. The ones I have are all leather. All with leather. A, with just, a big rubber sole. And, and they're, real, they're real light, right? Yeah. I was going to buy those motherfuckers last night. You should. And then they're I started, comfortable. Yeah. I, I looked at several different pairs. What got me was is that the all the like if I found a pair that I liked of, mm-hmm. of a pair of Keen, you could bet they were not uh, they they had every size except thirteen. <laughs> it took me a while to find a size of these. I I, uh, I went to a couple stores that carried them and they didn't have. I had I wear an eleven, uh, and they didn't nowhere had a size eleven at all. So I fi- I finally ordered them at um. Uh, Zappos, I think, is where yeah. I got them. They so. were only, they were only like uh, maybe like fifty-one bucks or forty-nine or something like that. Those might be different. Uh, Mine were. I, I have a pair of Keen boots. And oh, okay. I like them, so yeah, I thought yeah. about getting these. Anyway, uh, what have you been watching this week? Well, shit. Let me see. I will okay. tell you in a minute. That's rolling on the river. Um, I watched <laughs> I Ron Epstein and Jeffrey Friedman a joint uh. flick from 2013 called Lovelace, starring Amanda Seyfried, mm-hmm. Peter Sarsgaard, mm-hmm. Juno Temple, and some other people. It's got a, it's got a pretty good cast. It's got the Frank Azaria and uh, Chris Noth and a bunch of people. Um, now, listen, people. It's rated R. Let me tell you something, I, people. Well, yeah. Let me tell you something, people. Let me tell you something, brother. Not, we should do every uh, <laughs> movie that we watched like wrestlers cutting a promo. I would be so – I would be exhausted. I'd be out of breath. Yeah. I'm out of breath right now. But anyway, <laughs> I read the uh, book. My sister got the book when it first came out, Ordeal, which was the Linda Lovelace bio. And mm-hmm. it is very – I mean, the stuff that happened to her was really vile. Um, this is rated R, and they kind of, they covered uh, some bad stuff, but not – I mean, they didn't go as far as the book did. Right. And I think it's lacking for, sort of for that. It, it was okay. It wasn't great. I, it was just average. Um, let's see. The next thing I watched is – I watched some good movies this fucking week. I mean, some God. quality shit. Maybe that's why uh, I was so fucking tired because I haven't watched jack shit that was any good. I watched jack one H. one good movie all fucking week. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I watched uh, 
director Dick Richards' 1977 movie March or Die. Now, this fucking movie, I have no idea why it is not. Uh, it seemed uh, like it's kind of a lost uh, or a forgotten movie because I put this right up there with like Zulu, which is you know held up as a classic. Mm-hmm. My, I remember when I was a kid and my friend Vaughn said, uh, "Oh my god, I saw this movie March or Die about the Foreign Legion. It was so fucking good." Blah 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 blah, blah. and that's how he said it. And um, it stars Gene Hackman, Terrence Hill, Catherine Deneuve. And I'm telling you what, people, this fucking movie will get you fucking. It's it's one of those ones that. When you watch it, especially the end, you are – I mean, it may it, – it, as Sean Connery said in uh, Man Who Would Be King, it got the blood up. I mean, I was like ready to charge <laughs> a fucking machine gun, you know? And Max von Sydow's in too, so it's, it's really good. Check it out if you get a chance. Uh, Terrence Hill, I, I just, he's just awesome. He reminds me of my friend Jeff Miller because he was like this – Terrence Hill in this movie is this charismatic – you know, like Hollywood handsome guy. And that's, uh, it was weird. Cause like I had this buddy that was just like that, except he was crazy. <laughs> and so anyway, but it's good. Uh, rah, 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 rah. Uh, next thing I watched was another good movie. Um, it's amazing how when you watch good movies that they they don't seem like two or three hours uh, <laughs> takes really a really long time. Yeah. And that's uh, this was David Fincher's uh, 2007 movie Zodiac, yeah. starring Jake Gyllenhaal and Mark Ruffalo and Doctor Green from ER. Um, people, I have seen this movie before. I rented it on I think I either rented it or bought it on iTunes, and it's still. I thought you know. Well, hell, I've seen this, you know, quite a few times. I don't know. And once you start, when you start watching it, it's still fucking awesome. <laughs> and that scene by the lake where yeah. the Zodiac shows up and he ties those people up. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> it, it sort of reminded me of the Van Beber Manson movie where he purposefully, when uh, they did the killings of Sharon Tate and... Uh, the La Biancas and everything. Yeah. He purposefully did not play any music or anything, and you just uh, hear like just the sound of the knife going in, and the people just start screaming. It's like a, almost a delayed reaction. That is so effective; it just still chills the shit out of me. And uh, uh, what's his face? Iron Man was really good in this, <laughs> especially when he comes in with the repulsor rays and shoots a Zodiac. Um, anyway. Let's see. The next thing I watched, another fucking really good movie uh, that I recommend, is uh, directed by Anatoly or Anatoly Litvak, and it is 1967's *The Night of the Generals*, starring Peter O'Toole, Omar Sharif, and uh, Donald Pleasance is in this. Uh, I have goddamn, this one ready to go, dude. This is a fucking good movie, and it's a it takes place in World War II, but I lo- I love the concept. Of, and this isn't giving anything away because this is the concept of the movie. Um, a, a Nazi trying to solve a murder in the middle of all this killing, okay. which is World War oh, II, wow. you know. Cool. Uh, so it's it's really good. Uh, the 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 uh, oh, just a good movie. I I bought it on iTunes. I should fucking do a commercial for iTunes because I think I do one every week on here. <laughs> um, I watched uh, – now, this one was a turd film. 
uh, <laughs> on this. I just happened to catch it the other day, and I was like, what the hell is this, you know, on this? Um, it's uh, directed by Mark Griffith's uh, 1998's Tactical Assault. And the reason it caught my eye was it stars Rutger Hauer and Robert Patrick. <laughs> I saw you post that poster. Yeah, and... Um, the thing is, um, and another thing that caught my eye was, you know how on uh, like Top Gun, they'd always have their nickname across their helmet, the yeah, front yeah. of their helmet? Well, Robert Patrick, uh, you know, he has a cool nickname. Um, Rutger Howers says Irish Setter. <laughs> so they call him Irish all the time, but I, you know, I don't know if it's because he looked like a fucking red dog or what, but it's, it was, um, it, you know, I mean, it, I've seen worse shitty movies. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, next thing I watched was, uh, this was a newer one, directed by a guy named Robert Redford. I think he might be going places. Uh, and uh, on that guy, up and Yeah, coming. this is 2012's The Company You Keep. And this has a fucking hell of a cast. Uh, Robert Redford, uh, Nick Nolte, Stanley Tucci, uh, Julie Christie is in it, and, um, you know... Honest to God, I just adore Julie Christie, and I don't give a shit. She's 73 years old. If I was married and my wife was 73 and she looked as good as Julie Christie does, I would be happy. Uh, Shia LaBeouf's in this. That's the only reason that I was just kind of like, because I hate him. And uh, (laughs) let me tell you, I I hate his face. I just hate him. I I just, I'm telling you what, people. You know how I, I rail on Mark Wahlberg? You know, people know that I go off on Mark Wahlberg. Shia LaBeouf, and I will say this, this is just my opinion, he must give great head because that this guy, wh- how and why he is in so much shit. And they'll put him in there and like they'll be like a good-looking girl and he'll go over like he I, I mean, what the fuck? There's something going on there. So anyway, uh, Robert Redford, I think, was a little too old for the, for the role because he's supposed to have like a 11-year-old kid, and he's got to be older, than my, at least as old as my dad. He's got to be in his 70s, <laughs> yeah. uh, 73, maybe 76 or something like that. Um, but it's about the, uh, uh, the weather underground terrorist in the like 60s or early 70s and how they kind of just – some of them – went on the run and just kind of got new um, identities. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, eh, I won't say anymore, but it's pretty good. I, I thought it was good. Um, and in spite, it, it wasn't good because of Shia LaBeouf, that's for sure. Uh, next thing I watched was a movie directed by Walter Hill, 2012's mm-hmm. Bullet to the Head, starring Sylvester Stallone. Uh-oh. And uh, this dude, this was a turd. I mean, I thought this sucked. I, I, uh, Stallone (laughs) was just, I mean, I've heard people say that Jason Momoa, uh, he was, he actually, he was good in it. He was the highlight of the movie. The rest, the only thing that, that, um, oh, what's her name? Um, shit. I don't know who's Uh, in that that movie. Sarah Shahi. She was on this show on USA where she played like a negotiator or something. And she's really cute. She used to be a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. She's got a great ass. She's really cute girl she's in it um but that didn't save it at all i thought this movie uh, and i like walter hill 
uh, this movie sucked. Stallone was fucking just horrible. And he had a few like uh, quips and and kind of funny things that he said yeah. every once in a while. But he looked, his hair looked stupid. He has a wig on, you can tell. Mm. Uh, it just this, I, I I thought it was horrible. I mean, uh, I, I expected more from Walter Hill. Uh, uh, next thing I watched was an Antoine Fuqua. 2013 movie. This is another new one. Uh, Olympus has fallen. Another turd. <laughs> uh, Gerard Butler, Aaron Eckhart, Morgan Freeman. This movie sucked cock. It was bad. And I watched it back to back with a uh, bullet uh, to the head or in the head or whatever. Um, between those two movies, we laughed. Uh, I don't know how many times saying that we saw more people get a bullet in the head or to the head in those two movies that I've ever seen in movies in, in my entire, probably, you know, all the time I've ever watched movies. This movie was fucking stupid. It was horrible. It was this patriotic fucking uh, jingoistic flag-waving horse shit. It was a diehard ripoff. It was bad. <laughs> Do not fucking watch it. It's not worth a shit. Um, and the next thing I watched was uh, I bought the Blu-ray of Minority Report. Uh, yeah. Steven Spielberg directed that uh, Philip K. Dick movie with Tom Cruise, Max von Sydow, and Colin Farrell. And I uh, watched it uh, the other day uh, again, and I, I liked the movie. You know, I thought it was pretty good. But I won't I, say too much about it because I liked it. Go ahead. I need to see that again. I, I used to love that movie a lot, and yeah. it's been years since I've seen it. It still holds up. Uh, Cruz has a big butt. He's got like wide hips and, and narrow shoulders, uh, like Hitler. Um, <laughs> let's see. Next thing I watched was, uh, a car, car, Wai Wong directed movie from 2013. Yi Dai Zong Shi, which is also known as the grand master, or I've also seen it as the grand masters, plural. Uh, this stars, uh, Z or Z Yi. Zhang, Tony Lung, Chiao Wai, Cheng Chang, and that's more than one person. That's like three people. Uh, <laughs> this is pretty fucking awesome. Now, I will say this. This is a goddamn epic fucking movie. Uh, uh, it's about uh, Ip Man. Uh, it kind of uh, has a different... I don't know. I, I liked Ip Man, and I liked Ip Man too. Mm-hmm. Um, same character, which is, you know, of course, a real guy in real life, and I, I assume that there's, there's you know, they kind of t- are take liberties and make it, you know, uh, this uh, really grand spectacle. But um, this Car Wai, uh, or Car Wai Wong, uh, just watching this, uh, it's almost, I don't know how to say it, it's um, visually, it, 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 I mean, the whole thing is just beautiful. You could take screenshot after screenshot of any scene and just post it and it just mm-hmm. it looks awesome. The way it's shot is really uh, and I, I for sort of it walks a fine line of being overly stylized maybe. Okay. Uh, but I really I really liked it. Uh, uh, well that's how they did with uh, It Man and It Man 2 also. I mean like the table fight and stuff in the second It Man movie. You know it's it, it's not meant to be a historical yeah. representation of this guy. Well, it's more got, like, this just has like a lot of a lot of like slow mo and mm-hmm, slow mo mm-hmm. rain and stuff like that. But it's still it's really good. It's just a pretty movie to look, to watch. Uh, and and it's it. I don't think we saw the previews for it when we went to see 
uh, Wolverine or the Wolverine. I'm sorry, Ooh, the Wolverine. Um, so <laughs> it's not in the theaters, but when we went to the kiosk or when we went to the Concord Mills Mall, they had a, just a kiosk in the middle of the mall, and there was a guy sitting there, and he had his laptop up, and he was watching Ip Man, the 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 first one, and right. I was like, fuck. So I just stopped and started talking to him, and he was. Uh, uh, I don't know. He seemed like he was like Eastern European or something. Well, the whole kiosk was nothing but Asian cinema. Uh, I think a lot of it was martial arts cinema and stuff like that. I mean, just loaded with movies. How and the so, hell does somebody stay in business selling such a specific thing? Yeah. In Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I stopped and just started talking to him, and, and he goes, Oh, you want, you know, I, I said, I love this movie, man. And um, he goes, um, you, have have you seen or have you heard of the Grand Master or Grand Masters? And I was like, no. And he goes, well, he goes, let me put it in. He goes, now don't jizz all over yourself when you watch this. <laughs> and he put in like the first probably five minutes of it, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> so um, I, I got. I, I haven't watched the trailer you posted because I wanted to skip the trailer yeah. and just go straight to the movie. Yeah, I would. I would just watch the movie. Um, but uh, I had him pick out like uh, I think they had he had like six for. For I don't know how much it was, but I mean I think they ended up being eh, I can't even remember how much they were a piece. But uh, you know a lot a lot of people when I posted this were like that's not even out in the theater yet. How the fuck did you know? I was like I bought it, you know. So <laughs> you, um, a, you bought a boot. Well, yeah, uh, he pees it. You know, it's in the fucking mall. You know. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, this one is just a fucking great movie. Director Stanley Cooper. Kubrick's 1957 Paths of Glory. Um, I actually started watching this while I was eating my tacos, too. Nice. And I, I had my iPad in the car, so I set it on the seat beside of me while I was driving <laughs> and and uh, just kind of listened to Kirk Douglas. And I mean, this fucking movie is so good. It's one of these ones that um, I literally, seriously, could just listen to it. I yeah. mean, of course, there's a battle scene where, you know, but uh, where you're going to hear a lot of, you know, gunfire and mortars and stuff like that for a few minutes but most of it's uh dialogue just a fucking great fucking movie great message movie great movie all the way around there's a scene in it where uh they're ordered to take this place called the anthill which is uh, a, a german uh you know uh stronghold and they basically have to go across so many hundreds of yards of uh no man's land which is yeah. just nothing but uh barbed wire and shit and they're getting shelled and the camera this this shot while all this explosions and mud and men just scrambling and trying to run and jump and hide and scrambling through the mud but the the shot just continually moves and follows kirk douglas yeah that's a great great and it's just such an awesome shot man Uh, uh, this is one of those ones and i'm not one of these people that's uh you know, can sit there and say, well, I think they did this tracking shot here and this and that and everything. But in this movie, you can't help but admire, you know, the, the yeah. direction and the yeah. cinematography. And uh, I think that's it. Nice. Uh, that's all I watched. I would say that's a solid week. Solid. Nope. At, what? Nothing. Um, let's see. My, sh- my week sucked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I watched. So after the show last week, I sat down and watched um, The Achievers. The story of the Lebowski fans. Ah, yes. It was interesting. It wasn't great. I mean, it was kind of. It's 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 old now, which is kind of weird. Like this documentary is like ten years old already. So it's like all these people are saying, 
I wonder if it'll ever end. And I don't know. We don't hang out as much as we used to. And now it's 10 years later. And you really wonder what the hell happened to all these people that spent all this time and money on these costumes and stuff and what the Lebowski Fest is even like now or... Yeah. So I don't know, but I mean, it, it, it was interesting, but not, not great. One guy was actually from right around here. He's from Durham, uh, worked at a newspaper printing press. It looked like, so I didn't recognize him. So, um, let's see. I watched, uh, on Amazon prime, the expendables two. Okay. Dude, I, it was, with the exception of Van Damme. Yeah, it was kind of, I don't know. It was just kind of me. Scott Atkins. I thought it sucked. I, it, I laughed a little bit a few times. Like, I liked some of the jokes. I I was pissed to see Chuck Norris in there because yeah. every time I saw him, I knew that there was the issue where he was wanted the movie to be like a certain amount of yeah. clean. And he's an appear. asshole. And, and his parts played no, like... Well, the the whole movie was just like a send off on all these, which I didn't think the first one was like that. I think this one was just like a a wink wink nod nod. Well, yeah, that's what the whole thing. And I, and I laughed a few times at wink wink nod nods, but this I don't know. I thought it was kind of boring. Like yeah. I, I mean, I won't I won't revisit this. I'd revisit the first one before this. I'm glad yeah. I never. I, I almost blind bought it a couple times. And I loved Dolph in the first one. Yeah, and I thought the only one in this, this one is like when he was in the at the beginning when they were coming <laughs> in those cars and he just for no reason just goes eat shit. You know? it, it, I don't think it was even his voice. It didn't. No. But uh, I laughed when Arnold ripped the door off the little electric car. Yeah, that was pretty funny. But for the most part, though, it's a it, it was a throwaway. There was nothing oh, really yeah. memorable about it, about it. And they really, I mean, they played so much service to fucking the big stars that the the actual Expendables guys are totally left in the dust. Like the dude, the Old Spice dude and uh, the MMA guy, yeah, who I can't even remember their names now. Fuck, they have like two lines in the whole movie. Um, I don't know. Come on. I, I was really disappointed in it. There was some cool fighting from Statham. He was really, I don't know how much they sped up his shit, but he was pretty wild throwing the knives and stuff. I liked his fight with Adkins. And I I liked Van Damme and uh, Stallone's fight at the end. I heard somebody say that uh, when they went to see it in the theater, when they squared off at the end and Van Damme threw that, his famous, you know. The two of them, yeah. That everybody just went, yeah, you know, and I liked his character because he was he he played a good asshole. Yeah, he was awesome. I liked him. But a I lot. mean, come on, the name Villain for the villain. <laughs> I mean, how, so how fucking uh, yeah obvious do you have to be? Um, so I decided to cleanse the palate a little bit, and I watched <laughs> a movie called The Losers. That wasn't that great. Either. The only part I liked about that movie was William Smith's dangly spiral earring. Oh, I thought you meant the one with fucking uh No, not the new one. Captain this is, America singing the Journey song. This is from 20 <laughs> This is from um Yeah, the biker movie. The biker movie with William Smith and Adam Rourke and this was a turd too. It was boring. There was some cool stuff, I guess, where they built the bikes with the machine guns, but like they were using Yamahas. Was this where they went to like Vietnam or something? Yeah, the heck, it was okay. like Hell's Angels hired by Vietnam by soldiers to go into this village because only motorcycles could get into it safely or something, which was they really dumb. They made that. They, there was another one that was more modern day with that fucking. Uh, can't remember what the guy's name is though. Now he was yeah. uh, whatever. This but anyway, I like William Smith, but you know he he was in some shit. Yeah, he was, and this is one of them. Um, so I watched a really <laughs> good one. I watched Requiem for a Heavyweight. 
yeah. uh, with uh, the fat guy and the other guy that's <laughs> Anthony Quinn, Jack Gleason, <laughs> Anthony, and Anthony Quinn, Jack Gleason, and Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rourke Rooney, yes. Mickey Rourke Rooney. Um, this I don't know who directed this, but I guess this is a, a film noir. I guess you could say it's yeah, it's a little late, I guess, for noir, but um, it's about a. a, a it, it, I didn't realize it would have take it would take place over such a short amount of time, which I thought was kind of cool. It's like two nights, basically. Um, basically, you know, this it's a boxer who is definitely at the end of his career, who has been told, you know, don't box again, you could lose your eye, basically. And everybody, it's it's the trainer, the promoter, or his, I guess, manager, and the boxer himself. Anthony Quinn plays the boxer. He's really good in it. Mountain um, Rivera. And yeah, Mountain Rivera, and he, um, so he's like trying to go one direction, and you know, and he's got this lady that shows some interest, and then you got Jackie Gleason who owes money and is still trying to figure out how to, you know, squeeze more money out of Anthony Quinn, and then Mickey Rooney, who's the trainer, who obviously uh, has a soft spot for Mountain. So, dude, Haystacks Calhoun was in that. Was he really? Yes, William Haystacks Calhoun as himself, Rivera's wrestling opponent. That must have been right at the very end, and he was—he would have been—he was not nearly as fat as he ended up being. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, no, well, none of us are to be, you know. When we, that's yeah. true. That is true. Um, let's see. I watched another big turd. <laughs> this is the only other movie I watched this week. God damn, sci-fighter. Cinemasochist. You're not quite up to the <sighs> level of the Overholzer, but it was, you are fucking. It cinemasochist. was just a busy week. I didn't do a lot. I watched a lot of wrestling again. Um, a lot of Bruiser Brody matches. Uh, and uh, I watched some more Midnight Express stuff, and I'm waiting on this big set of Rock and Roll Express DVDs. So, um, this has Sci Fighter has Don the Dragon Wilson, uh, Cynthia Rothrock, and Lorenzo Lamas. And yep, uh, <laughs> the story is Don the Dra- Dragon Wilson, the Dragon, the Dragon. Uh, <laughs> His dad is making a <laughs> virtual reality fighting game for his son. Uh, for okay, so Don the Dragon Wilson's dad is making the game for Don the Dragon Wilson's dad's grandkid, who is a big little. He's a big prick. He's fifteen or sixteen or whatever, and like throws a party at his house, at his dad's house right in his dad's face, and he's drinking beer in the hot tub and shit. So of course he deserves a custom made virtual reality fighting game. Uh, anyway, it was it was a turd. Uh, it's basically like he gets stuck in the game, and Don the Dragon has to go. It's like almost like a lifetime movie with a shitty video game theme, and and uh, uh, Cynthia Rothrock shows her big cleavage a few times, but I think she had fake titties. Yeah. And, she did. Uh, I think she did get some fake titties. Yeah, because they weren't like real big uh, at one time, and then they just they, they were kind of like uh, Sandal Bergman's. In that movie, mm-hmm. she didn't yeah. get like real big ones, but she yeah, got yeah. titties. And Lamas um, didn't do a lot. Lamas well, was Lamas is you know that's a that's a goddamn shame. Well, this movie's from two thousand four. I like Lamas. So they were all uh, fucking Don the Dragon. It's mostly him fighting like the video game enemies who were all like real life uh, boxers or fighters or whatever. And one of them is it, it actually would show like what they had accomplished. And one of them, his claim to fame was he's like a sixth generation monkey kung fu expert or something. Like what? <laughs> he was terrible too. But Don the Dragon, Kumbaya, <laughs> he was really hello. fucking Remember slow. Remember when uh, Lama sang that? <laughs> Kumbaya. Kumbaya. 
snake eater. Um, I, I, I did want to add because I didn't say this because so, I, I actually was like, well, shit, I know I watched a couple more movies than that. I watched uh, Only God Forgives Again. <laughs> and I watched, uh, uh, what's the place beyond the pines? Ooh, again. Uh, again. And I liked it, uh, I think, more this time. But uh, I watched it. Well, I watched both of them because I watched them with a, a couple of friends, and um, they really both liked um, *Place Beyond the Pines*, which we watched first. Uh-huh. And my one friend Gina uh-huh. doesn't like anything except like *Sweet Home Alabama* five hundred times and stuff like that. But she really <laughs> liked this. And the thing that that that, that uh, uh, I think grabbed her attention and got her to watch this at first because I didn't think she would like it was at the beginning when Ryan Gosling had like a butterfly knife, but he had his shirt off with all the tattoos. And she goes, "Jesus Christ, who the because f-? they don't show his head, they just show his body." <laughs> and she's like, "Who the fuck is that?" And I'm like, well, "That's Ryan Gosling." And she goes, "Jesus Christ!" She goes, "Is he is he on the juice or what, man?" He oh my god. And then later on, she goes, "Is he going to take his shirt off again?" He had that big white like undershirt with holes all over it, mm-hmm. real ratty looking. And then um, we watched uh, Only God Forgives after that. And <laughs> my friend Randy was like, uh, Place Beyond the Beyond, is it Beyond the Pines? Place he, Beyond he, the Pines. Yeah, he really liked that. And then um, we started, what we did a, a Baby Goose double feature. And when we started watching Only God Forgives, I will say this that's not a movie that you can like nod off to like every two <laughs> no, minutes no. and he started falling asleep. every time I'd look over and there'd be like a good part coming up he was like his eyes were rolled back his head and he's falling asleep <laughs> but um, I did look up some reviews of that where people were kind of analyzing it and and I posted this today uh, this one guy and the guy must be a fucking psychiatrist or a shrink or something because he was you know the Ed- Oedipal or Oedipus uh, complex and uh-huh. this and that and, and uh, male impotent- impotence uh, and all this uh, this stuff. But he did say that he thought that uh, or that it was it was possible and left open that Mai, who was the really hot chick that Ryan Gosling, you know, was his prostitute that he took to see yeah, his mom, yeah, yeah. was could possibly have been a lady boy. Hmm. Because in Thailand, that's a big thing, and that yeah. could have been part of Go- uh, uh, Julian's impotence, and and uh, the, you know that she that the he or she or whatever wouldn't be accepted. Because when they show him and like she reaches down there and everything, or she lifts her dress up, they never show anything, and <laughs> that, and 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 I think, like I said, just because the whole lady boy thing, I guess, is supposed to be like a really big thing in Thailand. That these you know young guys that dress up like girls and guys. Whatever. She ruined he, them. Well, you know, hey man, he should have told that bitch mama his to fucking uh, take a hike, go down there and get some of that lady boy if he wanted it. You just be what you be who you are, Julian. Oh, so I started reading the um, the Dream. book also the Memphis not the Memphis the um, I wanted to find that one. I don't know what if I I bought that I bought that the Memphis book. Mm-hmm. The the history of the Memphis wrestling has Sputnik, Sputnik Monroe on the cover, but no the uh, the Montreal one. What is the midget Mad Dogs midgets and screwjobs? Jobs? Yeah. I started that book. Um, I posted this on the Wrestling and Gold group. It, it's okay. Um, right. What I like about wrestling books are like detailed stories. You know because like these guys lead such 
crazy lives that right. it's, it's cool to hear. And this is really like, it'll be like, a, like pa- a reference book. Yeah, it's like a page and a half, and it'll say Luthez. Yeah. Luthez once wrestled at the Montreal blah, 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 and it drew 22,000 people with so-and-so. And then that's, like, that, that's the kind of information that's in it. And it's like not a lot of stories. Now, the there's a couple guys that it goes into that are from the area that go into, it goes into a little more depth, like talking about how um, Yvonne Robert was good friends with like some famous hockey player that was up there, but they were like, I mean, they were friends, like lifelong friends and that they would like hockey players would go to wrestling matches all the time and stuff. And, but I mean, other than that, it's just like, you know, when, a, when a, we have a, your, your chapter on Buddy Rogers is like four paragraphs. It's just kind of like, eh, it's okay. I mean, I'm glad I didn't pay 25 bucks for it. Sorry. <laughs> Fuck you. They signed it too. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even read it yet. Well, I got I it. I got it for ten bucks on uh, Amazon. So I, I've got in my bathroom right now. I have like three comic books that uh, are sitting there that I have either started to read or am in the or, or going to read. Mm-hmm. I have the newest uh, Shock Cinema magazine. I have a Paracinema magazine. I have Sex and Rockets. Uh, uh, Strange Angels, which both are about uh, Jack Parsons uh, and J.J. Dillon's book. I have like five fucking things Ma- in there. Mad Dogs, Midgets, and Screwjobs is a good shitter book shitter because book. you can read about a couple guys while you're sitting there and you're done. Like the, you don't. The chapters are seriously like a like a page and a half. Yeah, well, see, that's way like uh, Greg Oliver has some books. Uh, one of them's called like it's all, it's just all about tag teams, mm-hmm. the greatest tag teams. Uh, one of them is about uh, the greatest heels, and the other one is like Canadian wrestlers. And it's just like you said, it it's just kind of like uh, it'll say tag teams, Brute Bernard and Skull Murphy, and it'll tell. But it it has kind of a maybe depending on how much some of them have like two or three pages about the guys and their history when they met yeah. all the way through. Yeah. Uh, but it's, but like you said, it's more to me, if you want to say a shitter, it is a shitter book it's because a shitter book, you yeah. can just sit there and read, you know, in the time it takes to take a shit, like about each one, like one guy wipe, go do whatever, come back <laughs> later. If you have to shit. Again. Yeah. This is what this is. Cause I was like, when I'm on break at work, I'll, I, I'll read a couple guys and that's about it. Um, uh, the Jim, the, the midnight express, um, uh, scrapbook. Uh, yes, it's good because he, like, if he got a letter from, say, Jim Hurd or somebody like that that says, you know, cease, uh, you know, to Jim Cornette and the Midnight Express, it's like an internal memo from the company, <laughs> cease and desist saying this on TV, or, you know, we, we understand that you, uh, that you uh, hit a fan with a tennis racket and we're getting sued, blah, 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 blah. And he kept all those. So he, he has printed them and put them in there. And then, like, uh, stuff like uh, memorandums or stuff, things like that. From yeah, like- I'd really like to get that. I was, I was watching the, I don't know if it was the first time they ever did this, but you know, the whole the scaffold match where he hurt his knee, where Cornette hurt his knee. With it was the Road Warriors and the Midnight Express. Well, this was the Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express in, from Mid South in a scaffold match. And these fucking guys, man, like I just watched this thing. I'm like, Jesus, oh my God. Geez. You know, you, you just winced the whole time because it's like, what, what guy thought that it would be a good idea? Because you could tell they're fucking terrified to be, to be 25 feet in the air Shit, on this yes. stupid thing. And like the bumps are like, look really awkward. It's like, I mean, I, I could tell you, I'll tell you how scared uh, Bobby Eaton was. He was supposed to take a backdrop. He was like running for Ricky and 
uh, Ricky backdropped him, and Bob, Bobby, I could tell like mid backdrop was like fuck this, and he just belly flopped over him instead of flipping all the way over onto his back. <laughs> He's I like, think, I'm keeping, I'm, I'm keeping my eyes on the scaffold. I want to land just right because he didn't want to fall off. Well, I remember Ricky Morton saying that he hated that. He hated heights and everything. And he said they would get up there, and Robert Gibson, who I guess heights doesn't bother him, would get up there and start like uh, shaking the scaffold. Yeah, he was running up. around and everything. And he'd be like, "Stop it, Robert! Stop it!" You know, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have done that. I'd have said, "Fuck you." Oh God! Which is apparently what Paul Heyman said, told uh, Jerry Lawler. He was man, maybe it was Rich and Idol or some tag team or something like that that he was managing, and Lawler was going to wrestle his guys in a scaffold match, and Heyman was supposed to go up on the scaffold like Cornette did. And Heyman, before they went out, said, "I can't do this." He said, "I cannot get up on that thing." So Lawler uh, apparently being the pro- half of the promoter, you know, promoter, uh, half owner of the company, uh, because Heyman would not climb up the scaffold, um, through a punch, a worked, what was supposed to be a worked punch and broke, uh, Heyman's jaw in, in real Jeez. life. And later on, like much, you know, many years later, they asked Lawler on a, cause Heyman always said that Lawler did it on purpose. And he goes, did I hit Paul Heyman, shoot, hit Paul Heyman and break his jaw? On purpose, and he goes, "Yes, I did." <laughs> he, said, he, goes, he said he didn't like him; he never liked him. So I guess he uh, cracked him a good one. Yeah. Well, enough about real wrestling. Why don't we do some uh, mockumentary talk? Um, which movie do you want to cover first? I don't give a frag. All right. Why don't we? Uh, co- let's do Giant with Rock Hudson and James Dean first. Is that a is that a wrestling movie? Well, it had Rock Hudson. Rock. And Salminio. Yeah, it could be. Now let's do uh let's do Grunt first. Grunt. I, it's fresh in my memory. All right. We'll be right back with Grunt, the wrestling movie. We'll Grunt. be right back. No one would have believed in the first years of the twenty first century that hammer films were being watched from an entertainment standpoint. No one could have dreamed that Amicus films were being scrutinized as someone with a microscope studies creatures that swarm and multiply in a drop of water. Few men even considered the possibility that this area of film still had anything to offer. And yet, across the gulf of space, minds immeasurably superior to our own regarded this podcast with envious eyes. And slowly and surely, they drew their plans against it. The Hamacus Podcast. Hammer and Amicus, and every tenuous link in between. Hamacus.com and iTunes. Cheers.
grunt. Uh, uh, the wrestling movie. Wait a minute, uh, I thought we were at Feed Sack already. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so, uh, this is Grunt's a uh, wrestling mockumentary. It's a, there's a, um, this doesn't have a synopsis, so bear with me here. Um, wrestler Mad Dog Joe DeCurso ex- uh, ex- experiences a rather traumatic <laughs> match and is forced out of the wrestling world. Um, only to have rabid fans always try to continually track him down. Um, a new wrestler appears uh, named The Mask, who many old Mad Dog fans think is him. Uh, so this is a documentary filmmaker trying to figure out if The Mask is indeed the old Mad Dog Joe DeCurso or not. Or is it Stagger Lee? Or is it, St- is it Stagger Lee? Uh, he <laughs> didn't have the white t-shirt. So. Okay. Goddamn. <laughs> So you Zom. never know these days. Yes. What did you think of Grunt, the wrestling movie? Grunt, the wrestling movie. Um, okay, people, listen up. <laughs> listen up, you maggots. Um, I saw Grunt, the wrestling movie, probably back in 1985. <laughs> and the reason is, okay, like nowadays with Mickey Rourke, uh, you know, doing The Wrestler and stuff like that, uh, and wrestling becoming mainstream, um, it's you know if somebody came out with a wrestling movie, it's it wouldn't be a big thing. But back in the day, yes, in the day, in the day, um, yeah. it it was kind of uncommon because wrestling was seen as a sideshow and looked down on. When I was a kid, I mean, uh, you were. I mean, with people that liked wrestling, mm-hmm. I had no bones about, you know, I liked wrestling. And I would tell people I liked it, but you would inevitably be get, get the, oh, that shit's fake. And they, you know, make you feel like a moron. <laughs> I hate like you, Dad. Dr- yeah. My dad hated wrestling, even though he knew who Vern Gagne, Don Eagle, <laughs> uh, all these guys, you know, Killer Kowalski and all these guys were. My because dad just when, hated wrestling because he said, yeah. that sh- why do you watch that? That shit's fake. Yeah. Yeah, and I told my dad, I was like, well, you know, Charles Bronson's never killed anybody in real life, but, you know, you fucking watch him, so it's fake, too. <laughs> so anyway, and he's like, no, he's dead. He's <laughs> he's not, he killed everybody. I hate you. I wish you'd have never been born. <laughs> oh, whatever. Uh, yeah, me too, Dad. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, when this movie came out, I was, like, excited because I was like, fuck. Okay, first of all, when wrestling, uh back in the territory days, you know, you didn't get uh, – uh, everybody didn't. If you were in North Carolina, you got Mid Atlantic. If you were where I lived, you got like Detroit's big time wrestling or whatever. Uh, Memphis, you know the Memphis wrestling and, and all over. So that samurai you, guy got Memphis. Yes, he got Memphis and probably some Nick Goulas shit or something. But anyway, um, you kept up on all the other territories though because the wrestling magazines really big, and so even though I never. Uh, grew up watching or seeing wrestling from the Olympic in uh, Los Angeles. I knew who the Golden Greek John Tolis was, yeah. uh, the Freddie Blassie, the King of Men, the fashion Hollywood fashion plate Fred Blassie, uh, Black Gordman and Goliath, uh, Victor Rivera, uh, all these guys that wrestled out there. All the Steve Strong, you know, all these guys that wrestled uh, in that area, um, and they it, that that area there. Did have a a Hollywood <laughs> did have a Hollywood uh, or a movie kind of a, 
connection mm-hmm. because uh, the promoter for the Olympic in Los Angeles was Mike LaBelle and his mother. Uh, and their, the brothers was Judo Jean LaBelle, who if you have seen – if you see a picture of Judo Jean LaBelle and you watch movies in the 70s, you will recognize him because he was in a ton of TV shit. Uh, he was in a Sylvester Stallone movie. He was in that prison movie with Sylvester Stallone. He was in a lot of stuff. And he was also the guy that made uh, Steven Seagal piss his pants in real life, supposedly, on the set <laughs> of – I can't remember what movie it was. And Seagal was uh, you know, hurting the – supposedly hurting the stuntman and – he was real cocky and everything. This was when Seagal was young and skinny. And uh, Jean LaBelle was known for putting the sleeper hold on people for real. Making him pass out. And supposedly they would piss their pants sometimes when <laughs> they, he made him pass out. But I've seen videos on YouTube where in his dojo he would put guys in the sleeper. And when he conked them out, he would take a cup of water and pour it on their crotch. <laughs> And then he'd wake them up and make it look like they pissed around. Well, so anyway, Ole Anderson said that too, though. Yeah, he said, he said people would like shit themselves sometimes. Oh yeah. You know? Well, I, you know, I knew uh, my friend Mike that was a boxer. He said, you know, sometimes when you get knocked out, sometimes you just lose <laughs> lose all, control. Whatever. So anyway, um, I know that the Labels had probably had something to do with either you know them where they shot the the wrestling scenes or whatever. Because right. a great deal of the guys in the movie. Uh, that were wrestlers, uh, were guys that worked for them on a regular basis. So anyway, Grunt the Wrestling Movie, when I first saw this, I was kind of like, fuck. <laughs> you know, because I wanted to see something that was like a serious uh, wrestling movie or something yeah. that was done seriously. And I didn't really, back then, I didn't know, you know, mockumentary or whatever. Uh, now, when I watched it this time, I had that in the back of my head that I didn't remember it being really that great or that memorable. But when I watched it this time, because I have become more of a cinephile and watched you know, a lot of documentaries, mockumentaries, and stuff like that, I can see uh, a lot more funny stuff mm-hmm. and that the goofy stuff was done in a way intentionally, to, yeah. For, yeah, intentionally for a reason, uh, which I thought uh, back then when I was a serious wrestling fan, I kind of, it was, I was kind of like, God, man, this is fucking, ugh. because I've just figured people that hated wrestling would make fun of this movie and it would, it would not help my cause, you know? <laughs> so anyway, um, the, the movie in itself, like I said, is, is, uh, pretty much a mockumentary. They do have, um, several different, like, wrestling matches where the guys are showcasing their skills like mm-hmm. Mondo Guerrero which was Eddie Guerrero's El Toro. Yeah, El Toro, Eddie Guerrero's uh brother. Bro- brother, yeah. Cuz Eddie I always want to say that like they would be Eddie's uncle because Eddie was so young but I guess Gory Guerrero the patriarch of the family must have been uh I think Eddie <laughs> was a uh, was a mistake because when you take like Chavo senior was so much older. It would be like my friend Rodney, uh, whose brother was as old as my dad, but he was as old as me because his dad had, you know, right, wear, right, right. he was like 50 or 60 or something like that. <laughs> so anyway, um, you start out with... Uh, well, that you know, Mondo was also, uh, to tie it back to the show, yeah. he trained the women in GLOW. He was the oh, yeah. Tra- yeah, yeah. He was the trainer, in, and they talked about that in the documentary. 
the one thing, the Guerreros, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of young people, younger people that listen to our podcast, you know, know Eddie and know that, you know, he could basically do it all. And all the Guerreros were like that. Hector, uh, Eddie, Mondo, mm-hmm. and uh, Chavo Sr. was like a, I mean, even, they were the, always the guys because uh, they, they wrestled a lot for the LaBelles in California and they were smaller guys. But one of the big things that they were a big attraction was there was such a, Hisp- a big Hispanic uh Population out there, uh, a lot of uh, uh, you know Mexican uh, uh, fans would come to the arena, and so you had. Uh, a- and at one point, the shows were shown uh, only on it with uh, Spanish commentary, but people nice. would still watch it, and uh, and that's why like you see pictures of Freddie Blassie wrestling out there, and when he was a good guy, he'd like come to the ring with a big sombrero on and stuff because. <laughs> They, you know, the the, the uh, did get a good the, pop. Yeah, the Hispanic fans just ate it up, and they were very violent toward the heels. Um, now, the 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 first part, uh, it starts out with a match with a uh, Mad Dog Joe DeCurso, and and he almost kind of looked like a fucking when Don Fargo was doing his biker gimmick. You know, he'd he looked like, like Magnum TA a little bit. Yeah, or like Magnum TA. Yeah. yeah. And uh, kind of like biker gimmick with boots, but like jeans on. And uh, 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 But the the whole first match is done in this black and white, kind of really bright, almost like a, a, a picture negative yeah. kind of look. Yeah. It's very, uh, it's like, there's like a strobe light, and it's very contrasty. Yeah, it, it very stylized. But, you know, he's wrestling... Uh, who was the guy he was wrestling? Because it, 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 it was like, that wasn't Captain Carnage. It was, uh, it was uh, oh, I know who it was because Victor Rivera played him uh, under the mask. It was a Skull something. Skull Crusher. Skull Crusher. So anyway, because I kept thinking, who the fuck is that? Well, Victor Rivera was uh, was also, uh, he, he started out in like the WWF and was like a tag team guy and everything. Really popular guy. And then he ended up, for some reason, I cannot remember why, he ended up going to prison, mm. I think for like... Jewel, like stealing jewelry, or Weird. you know, maybe breaking and entering. So he went from like wrestling in these main events against Ernie Ladd and uh, Maniac John Tolis and all this stuff to going to prison. And uh, <laughs> he was like WWF tag team champion with maybe like uh, Haystacks Calhoun or Dominic DiNucci or something. But anyway, oh, Mad shit. Dog, Mad Dog Joe, Joe DeCurso was played by Magic Swar- Schwartz who. <laughs> apparently was in he was somebody that uh, Sylvester Stallone beat in arm wrestling and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I never heard top. of the guy yeah know, I didn't either I, 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 he has a website magicschwars.com schwars um, well Barry's, he Barry's with Hulk Hogan now I thought in the movie I thought they said that uh, Mad Dog Joe DeCurso was a bad guy right <sighs> see and then I thought the mask was supposed to be a good guy, but it See, seemed that's like I was confused. Like the, the mask ended up being a heel the whole time that they showed him. Which, yeah, I didn't get. That's 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 honestly, which is a weird complaint about a movie about wrestling, but it's a it's a <laughs> it's, continuity it's, or whatever. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't get I, I got I was confused about why anybody cared so much because it didn't. I mean, I don't know. It was hard well, to say, and, and I couldn't tell who was supposed to be like, like why we were supposed, like w- why we were supposed to care about the mask, like if he was just a, just some jerk, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it seemed like I thought that they actually said that I thought that the guy that was kind of like the um, 
Oh shit! Who was the guy? John. They, he kind of reminded me of like a, a cross between John Waters and R. Crumb. <laughs> well, I forgot his name, but yeah, yeah, more like he looked like R. Doctor Tweed or something. Yeah, yeah, he was the head of the Mad Dog is the Mask fan club. So he was a fan of both, <laughs> and um, it's like when Hogan fucking. Well, I mean, they did it so many times. <laughs> the the Midnight Patriots, Riders, yeah, yeah, Dusty and all this shit, and the dirty yellow dog. These guys would <laughs> get beat and put a mask on. Staggerly, not, and, not Staggerly, no, no, no. Well, you know, that's just they never did prove it. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, I thought that he was the one that said that. Mad Dog was a heel, but the mask was a baby face. Came back as a baby face. Hey, I better but do win the mask by the end. Mad Dog. Does he turn? He was kind of a jerk because he was like this loose cannon, yeah. and his partner was that Captain Carnage, who was that big, like bodybuilder-looking guy. I thought it was Tony Atlas at first, <laughs> and um, um, but he ended up like he just was one of these guys he couldn't control himself yeah. so even when they lost this tags team match he ended up attacking the referee attacking his partner and all this and that and then he supposedly jumped off a guy the golden gate bridge and killed himself and they well, had yeah, like because the, because well, well yeah, he ties up skull crusher in the ropes and in doing a drop kick beheads skull crusher yeah, his head came off and this is this <laughs> this part is kind of funny because it's 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 mocking the kayfabe side of and we, I guess we should probably say for people that aren't wrestling fans, like kind of talk about what kayfabe and and marks. Uh, you and, can talk about it, but I'm not. I refuse to. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. But you can speculate. <laughs> anyway, the which is kind of funny at the time because in in '85, this was still before Vince kind of made it, you know, rock and wrestling entertainment, and it was. Um, you know, th- th- it was still trying to protect the business, so it was kind of funny that whole that whole uh, bit with you know the match takes place between Mag Dog and Skull Crusher in '79. He beheads Skull Crusher, but since he's disqualified for beheading Skull Crusher, he doesn't win the title, and the title is just sit like Skull Crusher ha- can't defend it, and it's for six years, and there's all these arguments yeah, and, they and keep court saying, cases. You, th- you know, I've seen him come <laughs> back from worse than this, and they show like. They have a, a a gurney by the ring, yeah. and this guy has like a a, 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 a garbage trash bag, bag and this, I don't know if they had a bowling ball in there. What it was supposed to be his head, <laughs> and you could tell there was like the, some weight to it. And yeah, I was like, that's kind of gross. But um, so anyway, Mad Dog, I don't know if he was supposed to be depressed about this or what, but uh, that he knocked a fucking Skull Crusher's <laughs> head off. Um, but he ends up he had a, a like a female valet. And then he ends up and goes and the, I like when they showed the Gold Gate Bridge and they do they showed like the graphic of the dotted line mm-hmm, and then the mm-hmm. X by the water like he supposedly jumped off the bridge and killed himself that was the legend but apparently there was it was like Eddie and the cruisers it was like Eddie Wilson they never found the body <laughs> so there was and, and you know so this was just this legend which and then uh. all of a sudden this guy uh, shows up on the scene the mask and he. Um, you know, has sort of the same build and everything, and uh, everybody's speculating that this is Mad Dog coming back, but under mask. And the mask never talks, but he has this hot French chick who I appreciated as his she manager. Showed her, she showed her titties, and she had yes, a, she had a poodle that wore a Mexican wrestling mask. She showed her tits to fucking redneck racist KKK <laughs> Dick Murdoch. Uh, and he like is like, oh, what? And and they look pretty good. They were you know nice little boobies, little perky boobies. And, um, she did all the um, 
all of the mask talking, which was pretty cool. And it was kind of hot because she was French. Um, so anyway. <laughs> and mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was mean, <laughs> which I, I don't know what it is. Like I said, I, I've always been attracted to like the mean, mean women turn me on. Um, uh, let's see. But anyway, so the whole movie, you go through a series of um, the, uh, uh, basically kind of showing – the absurdity of the wrestling interviews, you know, be like uh, they're going to go up against the was it the Grunt Brothers? The, uh, yeah, the Grunt Brothers with Dick Murdoch and <laughs> Dick Byer. Who I'm sitting there watching, <laughs> and I'm like, who the fuck is that guy? Because I knew he was a wrestler. I mean, you could tell he's got like bleach blonde hair, receding hairline, and I kept thinking, I know that voice, but who the fuck is that? Well, then as soon as they showed him wrestling, and I saw him, <laughs> the intelligent, sensational destroyer. Would do this move where the he would have his opponent laying flat on the mat. He would almost do like a handstand and then come down with a knee drop on the guys. And I, and and then I and I saw the tights and the white boots and I was like, "That's the fucking destroyer." Why? Why did he keep the like Jesse Ventura like bald mullet thing? He didn't need that. He wore this dude. So anybody that doesn't know, Destroyer wrestled probably until he was 600 years old. Oh, yeah. He was like a, big in all Japan. Big, yeah, range. big and huge in Japan. But this guy, he was one of the guys that would wear the mask like with a suit. Like he, you never saw yeah. him without a mask. So it was already weird. See, I, I don't think I'd ever, besides this movie, I don't know that I've I ever seen this I don't think I ever face. had either. So why did he have that stupid hair? <laughs> well, I always wondered why like Hogan, you know. Kept the long hair did too. Did that, Jesse Ventura, you know, I don't know. But um, I guess fucking, it's kind of fucking uh, what's this uh, uh, superstar Billy Graham did it too. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, so anyway, you you have like uh, they'll show like a promo mm-hmm. setting up. You know, the mask is or the mask is going to wrestle this guy, and then uh, they would do the. And I always thought it was funny too, like in the movie st- or the TV studio when they would have like the two heels, and this was in real life too, where they would have like Ricky Steamboat and. Um, Jay Youngblood come out and say, you know, uh, let's talk about the Mid-Atlantic wrestling events coming up in your area. And they, they would have, uh, you know, Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood come out and they're the babyface tag team. And they'd be like, you know, Ricky Steamboat, you're going to be taking on the, uh, you know, Don Cronodal and Sergeant Slaughter or whatever in this match, blah, 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 blah. And they would cut this promo and they'd walk away. And five se- I mean, like two seconds after they walk away. <laughs> Slaughter and Cronodal walk over, and they let's talk about the Middle Atlantic wrestling events coming up in your area. Sergeant Slaughter, and so you knew they were standing right there, and they supposedly hate each other's guts. So they did that <laughs> on this, which which uh, they did end up at the uh, the Grunt Brothers attacked uh, the mask. Yeah, and uh, but like like you said, uh, Lola, was it Lola was the uh, his yes. French chick. Well, she showed her titty. She jumped up on the ring apron, which Miss Elizabeth and them never did because I guess they were on TV. But anyway, uh, she did show her boobs, and it, it distracted Dick Murdoch and his big racist redneck uh, fat gut. Gap tooth. And, yeah. Or maybe was, it was just missing a tooth. He, he was a, a really good talent. Man, you know, I hate his, seeing when yeah, somebody's... That, and he did that one move that he would do sometimes, the, the that fucking knee off the top where yeah. he would hold the dude's shoulders and like knee him in the back of the head off the... yeah. I saw him do that live. Nice. <laughs> I saw him wrestle the Iron Sheik and Ivan Koloff several times. Speaking, and Buzz Sawyer. Speaking of kayfabe and the Iron Sheik, 
I, I was reading about him, uh, Iron Sheik, when he got fired for uh, riding on the New Jersey Turnpike, smoking <laughs> weed with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Because <laughs> they, yeah. they were supposed to hate each other, and they yeah. were really pissed that they were riding in a car together and getting busted for pot. Well, they were in like the one of the biggest feuds going at that time. Really bloody, you know, bad feud. So anyway, you also uh, you get to see the one thing about this is um, if you watch wrestling or like I said read, read the magazines and stuff and knowing these guys this was like the first exposure where like John Tolis or uh, Victor Rivera and some of these guys that I had only read about in magazines Adrian Street uh, and then I finally got to see them because you know they were on California T or Los Angeles TV so I didn't mm-hmm. get to see them and um, there was a time this is a this is kind of a, a, a funny thing um, you had Los Angeles, uh, the wrestling out there, which was from the Olympic, the LaBelles, uh, were the promoters and everything. And at one time, uh, they had, they, like I said, they ran on like a Spanish channel, which all the commentary was in uh, Spanish. And then at the exact same time, um, uh, what the fuck's his name? Roy Shire was, had a promotion in San Francisco. Well, this. Like I said, when you had the territories, nobody in San Francisco got Los Angeles television and well, yeah. vice well, then, versa. And then you got the, the guy that actually played the mask. I was reading about him, Steve Strong, who yeah. wrestled in Hawaii most of his yeah, life. Yeah, he wrestled in Hawaii. And that was a whole other NWA territory, and he yeah. was like Hawaii champion and all this stuff. And he was, as I was reading, he was also known as the California Surfer and the California Terminator. But he, they were saying he teamed with Jesse Ventura and everything. Well, the, the, um, the funny thing is, at this one time, and this is when, in the in the probably late seventies, early eighties, when people started getting cable, mm-hmm. um, Moondog Maine and Lonnie Moondog Maine and Roddy Piper were having a feud in, I think, San Francisco, and they hated each other's guts. I mean, this was a bloody ass feud. Piper was the new young guy, big mouth heel, and Moondog Maine was the babyface. Well, at the exact same time, they were wrestling in Los Angeles in another territory, and they were tag team partners. <laughs> well, at the exact same time, well, then Cable came in, and they people started getting it bled over, and so uh, you would, it, they they were like, "How do you explain this? That they hate each other's guts, they're beating each other bloody in these one territory, and at the exact same time, they're tag team partners in L.A. And it was the same thing with Terry Funk." Uh, he would go to Florida, and he would be the biggest heel down there, fucking fighting dirty roads and uh, and the Briscoes, <laughs> and everybody hated his fucking guts. Well, in Amarillo, which was their home territory, he was the most beloved baby face, and 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 in Los Angeles, he was a hated heel, and that started bleeding over, and people were like, "Wait, what?" Well, I think the Briscoes must have done that too. The Briscoes must have been like face in in Florida, but because they they did. I know that Jerry would be heel up up here a lot. Yeah, he they 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 the Briscoes had that one run. <laughs> Maybe real life the, heels. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Well, from what Ernie Ladd, he he uh, <laughs> was like, wait a minute. Yeah. No, I I never heard any. I really never heard anything bad about uh, Jack Briscoe. Mm-hmm. And I also heard that him and Jerry both like to uh, indulge in the green. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what? <laughs> what do you mean? And this, this guy that was like really good friends of theirs that has a message board, uh, I posted that one time and he pulled the post and he said that their families read this board and, you know, I don't, and, and I was like, well, you know, it's fucking true. I mean, uh, I, I'm only <laughs> posting that like, uh, 
Ole Anderson said this, you know, that, yeah, yeah. and, uh, and, uh, Bill Watts, apparently, even though he's like a huge Republican and, uh, and supposedly against drugs, uh, it was a huge, uh, partaker of smoking the, uh, ganja <laughs> himself. <laughs> so anyway, which is funny because, you know, you think some guy that's like a big Bible beating Republican conservative, <laughs> and then, you know, he was known for smoking a lot of weed and, you know, so anyway, um, but Back to the movie. Jesus, uh, this, yeah. I, I, I knew when we started doing this one that we were going to get cut <laughs> off on a lot of wrestling tangents. Yeah. Now, exotic Adrian Street, you want to talk about a guy who um, is such a unique character. Yeah. Because he plays this uh, effeminate, uh, uh, almost a transvestite-like uh, colorful character. But in real life, he was one of these guys that everybody knew you didn't fuck with him. <laughs> because now, I, the, one, one of the stories that I just listened to because I was watching his shoot with him and Miss Linda, who is actually his wife in real life. They were been together since like the goddamn early 60s. Um, he was wrestling Wahoo McDaniel in Mid-Atlantic. And in every match, it, and, and Gold Dust was a total ripoff of uh, Adrian Street. In every match... Adrian Street would get back the babyface guy in the corner, and then when the ref would call for a break, he'd grab the guy and kiss him on the mouth. Yeah. And the 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 uh, like whether it was Terry Taylor or whoever would get pissed off and like want to you know, kill him and everything. Um, and he was Russell and Wahoo, and the Road Warrior <laughs> said, you know, oh, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna kiss Wahoo, you're not gonna kiss Wahoo, and Wahoo <laughs> said, you better not fucking do that. You can do it to everybody else, but you're not gonna do it to me. And he goes, okay, I respect you, blah 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 blah. I'm not gonna do it to you. So he, he was in the ring with Wahoo, and he backed Wahoo in the corner. And I don't know if it was a lumberjack match or what, but the wrestlers apparently must have been because the wrestlers were around the ring or something. And he looked down, and Hawk and Animal were standing there, and Hawk just kept, they were just like, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> so he was like, fuck it. And he kissed, he grabbed Wahoo and kissed him right on the mouth. And he said, Wahoo's face turned fucking bright red. He, cause he was known for having this horrible temper. Yeah. And so he went berserk, and he was also known for, th- you, th- you know, Ric Flair got the chops from Wahoo and yeah. Ben on all of them. So, and Wahoo, um, uh, just you know, fucking fired up like the Hulk, and he and and Adrian Street said he chopped me so hard on the chest that he bruised my fucking uh, uh, shoulder blades. <laughs> and so he said he went to do it again, and and he just thought to himself, no fucking way, because I guess it hurt so bad. Well, Adrian Street trained in uh, England. And the Wigan School, which uh, uh, they called it the Snake Pit, which was known as this catch-as-catch-can wrestling school, where these guys actually learned, uh, the, like Carl Gotch uh, and all these guys learned to be these great shooters yeah. or hookers, where they actually could like hurt people and twist you in a fucking knot. Well, that's Adrian Street wrestled against those guys all the time. And uh, when they got back to the dressing room, I guess uh, somebody said, you know, Wahoo, what happened? And he goes, he goes, the son of a bitch kissed me, and I lit him up with a chop, and then and then he said he fucking uh, tur- er, twisted me into a pretzel and showed me my own asshole. <laughs> so anyway, they were laughing about that. But Adrian Street's really, it, it, he is a really interesting guy, yeah. and and this movie is a part of his. Uh, like I was telling Loaf. Um, He's got like three, I think three books, and I think one of them is like 3,000 pages long. It's called <laughs> My Pink Gas Mask. 
and uh, they're all on uh, Amazon for the um, uh, Kindle or you know on your iPad. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. And um, but he is such a unique guy because he created this persona of this uh, effeminate, uh, almost cross-dressing, flamboyant character, but he never would come out and say he was gay or anything like that. And they used this one famous quote of his in the movie, which uh, he said, I never wanted to come out and say, you know, yes, I'm gay Mm -hmm. or whatever, because he said, I'm not. But he said it was more, just leave it to the fan's imagination. And the famous line that he always used was, when talking about his opponents or talking about wrestling, um, yes, I'm, I'm vicious. I'm very vicious. I could kill a man eventually, like saying, you know, <laughs> sexually right, right. or something, you know, by having sex or whatever, alluding to that. So he's like, you know, I, I could kill a man eventually. And um, so he uses that on John Tolis. But um, he was only in California for like six months, and he got in this movie. Uh, because by wrestling, he he uh, was such a different kind of character and everything, and got so much publicity uh, that these people were calling him, saying, "Hey, can you come down and do this our store or for the our car lot?" And he got called about this, and he's made I don't know how many different fucking records, like musical records, songs. Yeah, his, he's got music videos and stuff all over YouTube. Yeah, he got signed by like some, I can't remember what uh, record company it was. He actually got signed by this record company, and the songs are you know they're if if you know the character, I I don't know if if like uh, out like if somebody didn't know the Adrian Street character, I I don't know if they would go out and be like, oh, this song's really great or whatever. But if you know his character. They used to, he used to play like uh, when he was in Southwest and he'd be like Russell and Tully Blanchard. He played this one song when he would come to the ring. And, and I, I remember when they play it and he'd come out there and he'd like be strutting and kissing at the camera. And I was like, oh, God, who is this jerk? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but by the time he was in this movie, I would say he was probably in his 40s. Because oh, yeah, if you yeah. see videos well, of him. I, was, from- I watched a little thing, a little video on him today. Um, saying, you know, talking about how he like got in, he was doing like this bodybuilding thing in the fifties. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, I mean, yeah. if you see videos of him from England when he was, uh, oh shit, I mean, he wrestled as Adrian Street, but he looked like he only weighed like maybe a hundred and sixty pounds or something yeah. like that. He was, he said, at his biggest wrestling, he because he's not a very tall, he's really a short guy. He only weighed like two hundred and two pounds, but they would bill him at like two twenty or two. 40 or something like that and he was not very big and and uh, but uh he was like uh, i mean he looked like a twink but if you want to use uh gay porn terms or whatever <laughs> um uh but anyway and then miss linda is was is his wife and and you know companion for like you said since the 50s but hearing him talk about like being in london and traveling to germany and all austria and all these different places all through europe uh is really interesting but so he's in the movie, and they they have like he has like a talk show, uh, and and uh, uh, the mask ditches for uh, you know well I guess she cost him a few matches his little French chick with the poodle that was hot yeah uh, he ditches her and he gets John Tolis the Golden Greek now John Tolis was legendary in California wrestling uh, for his feud with Freddie Blassie. Uh, Freddie Blassie was getting old, and this was, you know, right before he went to WWF and became a manager. Yeah. Um, but he was pretty old at the time. But he had this after he had wrestled for probably goddamn 
30 years, he, he suddenly became this huge superstar in Los Angeles. Uh, he went from being a heel, which he was like uh, vampire Fred Blassie, and he'd bite people and, <laughs> and all this shit. And um, uh, the fans hated his guts, threw acid on him at one time, and uh, uh, he went, went – uh, he didn't know what it was. And, and after, like he went uh, into the showers and started showering, and his skin just started falling off. Ugh. And they'd burn his cars up. They stabbed him. I don't know how many different times and everything. But then he became this great baby face because uh, John Tolis, the Golden Greek, I think they were tag teaming or something, and Tolis turned on him or some shit like that. And then he was like maniac John Tolis. Well, they set a record <laughs> in I think the Olympic for the the biggest house that that feud was this. You know, it was the kind of the end of the Los Angeles promotion because when Blassie left. It didn't last much longer mm-hmm. because the LaBelles were real cheap, or Mike LaBelle was. Um, so anyway, um, he's in this, and he plays the manager. Uh, well, he plays manager. himself. Yeah, he plays himself, but he's a manager. And he actually was – they brought him into WWF to like manage, I think, Kurt Henning when he first came in. And he was known as the coach, but it didn't last very long. <laughs> and, um, so anyway, he takes over as the masked manager. But the whole thing's leading up to, um, you know, this guy's going around saying, you know, I know he's Mad Dog. I know he's Mad Dog, blah, 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 blah. And then they have, you know, several, like I said, several different matches and stuff. And, it's, and, and I thought it was funny because the only time I've ever heard of a world title being decided in a battle royal was, and this, this goes to uh, our uh, Charlotte wrestl- uh, uh, Fan Fest wrestling fest thing, um, was in the AWA. When I'm trying to think, Stan Hansen vacated the belt or whatever. Well, he took it. He took it and he ran over it with his truck and sent it back and, <laughs> uh, and mailed it back to Vergon. Yeah, after he ran over it with his tractor and it had big tire marks on it. Shit. <laughs> but they ended up having a, um, I don't, because th- I think they gave it to Bachwinkle, the belt to him, but somehow it ended up being held up. Uh, I know Kurt Hennig won it at one time uh, with a roll of quarters. And, but anyway, it ended up. They, the belt ended up being vacant, and they had a battle royal. And the battle royal came down in the end to Larry Zabisco and Tom Zink. And I, can, and I must have yelled 5,000 times Tom Zink at the <laughs> WrestleFest for no reason. And <laughs> props to Tom Zink. And, uh, oh, but oh, Zink Tom, Z- Tom Zink and what's-his-face, uh, Flying Brian. <laughs> Yeah, Flying Brian. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they supposedly got caught doing some things uh, to each other. Supposedly. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, I think a lot of guys were jealous. I think that the reason that that came out was, and they said the same thing about him and uh, Zank and Rick Martell, but I think the the reason was is because like Flying Brian and Tom Zank or Tom Zank and Rick Martell, all three were like really good-looking young guys, yeah. and they got a lot of pussy. And that's what Zenk said. He goes, we'd go into bars, and he said we wouldn't have to to tell girls, you know, hey, I'm a wrestler. You know, we just got girls because we were good looking young guys who were real well built and everything. And these other guys are standing over there, and they're jealous. So of course they start rumors that uh, New Jack said that Tom's they they, they Zenk and Pillman got caught butt fucking in a hotel, which is his quote. You know, <laughs> which if they were, I don't give a shit. You know, who cares? He was a Cincinnati Bengal. I don't give a shit. Anyway. <laughs> I expect it. <laughs> but anyway, 
So Zenk did not win the AWA title. Larry Zabisco did. And I think one of the possible reasons of that is because Larry Zabisco married Vern Gagne's daughter. So anyway. Oh, man, Larry Zabisco used to drive me fucking nuts. With the stalling. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's funny. <laughs> but anyway, that's another wrestling tangent we get off on here. So they end up having the big, um, the big um, battle royal for the championship and this is at the end of the this is the climax of the movie you get to see some you know fairly decent wrestling there was one fat this great big fat wrestler i don't know who he was but he was really gross and he 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 looked like he was trying to be the white kamala redneck kamala because he looked like he took a sharpie and drew a half moon on his stomach and well there's another there was a there was a black dude trying to do kamala at the beginning yeah there was that guy in the lock yeah uh, so I mean, you know, you you had a lot of stupid names and like knockoff guys. You had some guys like John Tolis; they'd use his real name, but there was a lot of them that they they just made up stupid names. This one guy, Count Billy Varga, was in this, and um, he he was like uh, supposedly Mad Dog's coach, and he was in a lot of movies too. There was there was a he him. Had, he had some funny lines. Yeah, he he was in uh, in I think several like if you would see a movie about like boxing or something like that, there was a lot of times where or on TV Count Billy Varga would be the referee, so he must have had his uh, SAG card. And there was another one, this guy Pepper Martin, who was a res- a wrestler, and because he worked in California, he got a lot of movie roles. Iron Mike Mazurki did. Uh, Hard Boiled Haggerty was in a lot of stuff. He was in Buck Rogers and a lot of other movies. So there were several guys that wrestled in California that ended up trans- transitioning into movies uh, way before The Rock or these guys were ever in movies. And um, so you have the Battle Royal for the title, and the whole movie is set up. You know, is the ma- is the mask Mad Dog? Blah 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 blah. And I won't give away the fucking climax, but they resolve that in the end. Uh, and you know, that's about all I've, you know, do you have any, and you do get, uh, to hear the the theme song for the movie is pretty shitty oh, and you yeah. get to hear some Adrian street songs. Yep. Yep. Know, um, there, you know, other than, other than like, like some funny lines and stuff, as far as it being a mockumentary, it started off strong. I like the way I, I really like the beginning of it with that stroby black and white, uh, stuff. I, and I like, um, I like that they were doing the the like god damn it. I just totally blanked on the fucking name of the rock the rock band movie. Oh my god. It's it, Spinal it, Tap. This is Spinal Tap. They were doing the this is Spinal Tap thing with the with the camera following and everything like that. They almost forgot that after a while. Yeah. Um the guy the documentary maker almost becomes like a side character eventually and it really just becomes like the mask story. Yeah. Um and they and I think that they got a little off track on showing they wanted to showcase some a lot of wrestling and they almost sh- showed too much. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cuz you, you you like you said the this the story just kind of gets lost other yeah. than it's just, you know, who is the mask, you know. It really after so after the mask dumps uh, what's her Lola? The, the, the stupid the pyramid match was really dumb, and then like yeah, that was dumb. I didn't understand the um, who that. I mean, I, I don't understand who that like conservative talk show host was supposed to be. Of like he was, was supposed like to be Morton Downey Jr. Across between Morton Downey Jr. and maybe was that who he's supposed to be imitating? Rush yeah, yeah, I think so. well, Rush Morton Limbaugh Downey Jr. Probably more. It had to have been him, but that was that was kind of dumb too. It made a lot more sense to have him be on a show that. Adrian Street is hosting. Yeah. Well, they actually had, you can find there was a Morton Downey Jr. show where they had Dr. D. David Schultz and uh, this guy, Jim, 
uh, fuck, not Mitchell, Jim uh, Wilson. He wrote a book called Chokehold, and this fucking book's like about 400 pages long, and he talks about, he was a uh, an all-pro at like uh, Georgia University mm-hmm. in football, and then he went on to play for, I think, the Los Angeles Rams uh, as an offensive lineman, and he got into wrestling. Well, um, he made like a lot of claims that like Jim Barnett, the promoter, wanted him wanted to f- him to fuck him or whatever, and he wouldn't do it, so they blackballed him and all this shit. Where th- there's a lot of history in the book that's correct, but then there's like he talks about like Jim Barnett. The only reason Tommy Rich got the world title was because uh, he let Jim Barnett wanted to suck his dick. And so Tommy Rich said, well, yeah, you can suck my dick. And Rick Martel, you know, you can suck my dick. So that's not like it. But there's a lot of people that said that's bullshit that Jim Barnett never uh, and it, it never uh, got involved with the wrestlers, which, you know, who knows if he did or didn't. I don't give a shit. But this Jim Wilson was on there, and he, him and Thunderbolt Patterson uh, were always trying to start a wrestler's union, like a mm-hmm. real union, so they could get health benefits and everything. And so they had Dr. D. David Schultz up there debating him, and Dr. D, of course – goes into full heel mode and he's like throws a cup of water in Jim Wilson's face and it's all a Morton Downey show yeah. and it's and like there was I can't remember what guys were in the audience there were like wrestlers in the audience and you know Morton Downey was just such a fucking jerk <laughs> he was in the first he was in one of the Wrestlemanias or something wasn't he? he was like just playing like heel his yeah. whole gimmick was like a, a you know heel yeah, yeah. wrestler kind of guy but so. I don't I don't have a lot else to add I mean this is a it's it's it, it's pretty much how we describe it. The acting yeah. is it's 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 mostly wrestlers. So yeah. uh, you know the acting is what it is. Um, it's kind of a it's a it's a it's a it's a cool little twist of a movie. I mean it's it's yeah. not like a movie. Many movies you'll see. Um, it was worth a look again. I'm, I'm yeah. not like I I didn't sit there and like oh god this is horrible. But you know I, I like I said I haven't seen it since probably 1985 because okay. I think here it was it was just released I think straight to. VHS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we can go ahead and rate it. Um, hmm. I would probably give this shit. A five. I mean, it was like middle of the road. I, I, because I like wrestling and I recognize a lot of the guys. Yeah. I like you know watch it like that. I I don't think if you're not a wrestling fan. I don't know. Yeah, it might be kind of eh. Yeah, it's weird, but it's unless you just like, like you know, that sort of film. Weird um, subculture kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, just like, but if if you're a wrestling fan, it's worth seeing, um, for that reason. But eh, yeah, I give it a five point five. Um, watch the wrestler with Mickey Rourke. Watch the yeah, watch the wrestler. With or uh, wrestling with shadows, the one with Bret Hart's a good like documentary, kind of about that stuff. And this is a good time capsule, but I don't know that it's a great movie. Yeah. Cool. Let's take a break <laughs> and do a newer movie, Kayfabe from nineteen. Kayfabe. Kayfabe. Two thousand. Kayfabe, man. Kayfabe. We'll be right back. Ahoy, mateys. This is K.A.B., Antonio Bay. Stevie Wayne here, beaming a signal across the sea. I'll be here playing music all through the witching hour. I'm still waiting to hear from that weatherman. But in the meantime, stay here with me. Be sure to visit our sponsor, 
Paracinema Magazine. They're the source for all your genre movie needs. Check them out online at paracinema.net. Tell them Stevie sent you. Keep me turned on for a while, and I'll do my best to do the same for you. The Smooth Sound. Fabulous. 2007. you can uh, synopsize. It's got one on here. <laughs> That's pretty funny because I was I was like the the uh, uh, acronym for the the TCI CWF <laughs> is shutting down forever. And these colorful, eccentric, clueless indie wrestlers or wrestlers have one last chance to show the world that they belong in the big leagues, Daddy. So um, this is yeah yet another mockumentary, um, and this one made I, I don't know where these guys uh, uh, did their thing, bruh, and um, <laughs> but the uh, the star of it is um, Rocket Randy Tyler, who is a who was a real professional wrestler. I don't know if he's still doing his thing. He reminded um, me of Glacier. He did <laughs> remind me of Glacier as well. Like, hey, um, Glacier. So. What's what's cool about this is that just like with with uh, with Grunt, they use actual wrestlers as the actors. Um, this one is not. This one's more of a like a, a day in the life type thing, or kind of documenting the la- documenting the last days, as opposed to invest the investigative journalism feel, quote unquote, of Grunt. So these are this is this this cameraman is not interviewing as much it's not like you know it's it's more like seeing how these guys are dealing with eh, not really dealing with going through the last days of their their failing organization it's run by this organ this 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 league um what does it stand for the uh the tri-cities international championship wrestling federation (laughs) (laughs) So and I thought it the first time I saw this I thought I I almost felt like they were I, I was afraid they were making fun of the 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 of professional wrestling and I guess they do in a way but it's really more of like like a uh, a polite rib jab I guess you could say and and it's and knowing that it's all guys that actually are indie wrestlers now the life of an indie wrestler like we were saying, watch the wrestler. The life of an indie wrestler is a is a completely different beast than, well, definitely the back then 
Maybe I mean, they're no Tom Zink. <laughs> they are no Tom Zink. They will never be AWA champion for a blowjob. And job. they'll never get to have sex with Brian Pillman. <laughs> Nobody will. Not unless they're breaking oh. some serious laws. <laughs> oh, I forgot oh. about that. Poor, poor Flying Brian. Poor, poor Flying Brian. Coke himself to death. Um, so, uh, oh, okay, well, the name Flying of the movie. Flying Brian Pillman! <laughs> what? What? <laughs> <laughs> Baby! Getting crazy. Um, I so, shouldn't even make fun of that because the poor guy had like throat cancer from the time he was like a baby. And that's why that's why Brian, Brian Pill would talk like this all the time. He, he had to have, I don't know how many, like uh, nine uh, surgeries on his throat from the time he was like a little kid. So, schlub. <laughs> or dead so, guy. So, kayfabe. Kayfabe. This, this is a, um, a, ter- a term that we didn't exactly define last time, but. I can just I can read the the Wikipedia, but basically, kayfabe has evolved to become a code of sorts for maintaining a reality within the realm of the general public. With certain, it, this is a it's a carny term, but you you're portraying staged events as real or true, and even when in a public setting, when in, when out, you try to maintain that illusion. Back to the example before of. <laughs> of hacksaw and the iron cheek smoking pot together <laughs> in a car that was not supposed to happen and we you know we talked I, I don't remember if we had brought up Ole Anderson while we were recording but he was the booker for lots of different wrestlers over the years and um he would fire somebody if they were supposed to be hating each other and would be caught in a car together and i think it was uh <laughs> what does it say in his book who did he who did Abdullah the butcher write in <laughs> uh maniac mark lewin and uh <laughs> Uh, the Great Mephisto, and they just started a feud because they, they were tagged. And he said he saw him at Bill of the Butcher peek up his head like, oh, did Oli see me? Oh, damn, he saw me. He, he had, uh, <laughs> Abdullah had uh, sleep apnea, so he didn't, he did never wanted to drive, so he just lay in the back seat and sleep and whatever. So the uh, the, the the non glamorous life of the, uh, the the indie professional wrestler Um it's it's funny because you get kind of this little tiny uh, microcosm of maybe what being a professional, uh, uh, you know, somebody in the show is what they call it. Except, you know, these guys, they try to take the craft seriously, but, you know, they're all kind of like, meh, they don't really have a good <laughs> a good thing. They 67 people show up to watch their shows, you know. And the, the way the movie opens, it kind of is showing some like, uh, I guess, smart is the term smart wrestling terms uh, being smart in the business is knowing like how, what goes on backstage, blah, blah, blah. Um, but one of my favorite ones that they define at the beginning is rats there. Cause they'll be, it's the owner of the league, Al, what was his last name? Thompson. Yeah. Um, Al Thompson is he, he owns the TC ICWF. That's hard to say. And uh, without looking at it. Um, and he liked to swear a lot. He did like to swear. A did lot he have a toupee on? Oh well, yeah. He was like he looked like he was about thirty. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he had a gray wig on and a big fake mustache that looked like it was falling off a couple times. Yeah. Um. But you know, it's part of the silliness of this. So, um. But they, you know, they're they're talking and blah blah blah. And they say something about the rats and and the <laughs> it says rats. Uh. And they define it. They pause at the beginning. And they, whenever they're saying a certain wrestling term, they pause and it says rats. Attractive female wrestling fans, and then in parentheses it says rare. <laughs> so sorry, attractive female wrestling fans. Um, yeah, so, we saw a bunch of those at the uh, 
Yeah, tons of them. Were there any women there at all? I I talked to I had a conversation. I don't know if you were. You must have been in chasing the, Scott Steiner into the bathroom. Yes, and I was I sat I was sitting with one woman that was waiting for Ricky and Robert's autograph. She said oh. I drove. She drove here all the way from Tennessee. That's really the only thing she was there for is to get their autograph. And she was driving. They back. probably like <laughs> fucked her like back in the when they were like twenty and she was twenty and uh, now they're old and fat. She she looked about she looked maybe between yours and my age. So she there's I, if they fucked her when they were twenty, she would have been like six. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah um yeah but that you know look at lawler that <laughs> might have happened that motherfucking lawler or if it was jimmy valiant she could have just he could have just got under the uh clear glass coffee table while she pooped on it <laughs> uh handsome jimmy um <laughs> handsome jimbo from mempho <laughs> he must have liked the scat the only kind of he liked the clean scat Oh, hell yeah, that's the only way to go. He liked the, the what is it, the, uh, what's the, I couldn't the vegetarian the hot lunch? It would have to stink. So yeah, their, their first show they, they, they're at, they, uh, they have a, an attendance of 67. <laughs> uh, everybody looks very uh, unenthused in the audience. They always show yeah. wrestling, sh- they, they'll show their audience shot. And See, that's people, like, what I thought at Charlotte when they had the wrestling thing that night. I swear I thought that's what it was going to be. Uh, before yeah. that, and I was like, man, there's probably going to be like 12 people in the crowd. I was scared of that too. And yeah, but it was rocking. So you got you got a lot of different, and I like the way they I like the way they spread out the uh, the type of character there are. Like I said, they got Al Thompson. He's been in the business for 32 years, and he talks about all the guys he used to wrestle and everything. He curses a lot. He limps everywhere. He always wears a like a, a like a gym jumpsuit kind of thing. Yeah. Even and when always he, drinking a beer. <laughs> always drinking a beer. Um, so they find out very early on that the lease on their building is is up, and that Al has chosen not to renew it. And then he kind of disappears. So the two top guys in the uh, TCICWF are left basically to run things. Um, you got uh, the Rocket Randy Tyler, and is that what he's called in the movie? It's, they just called him. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay, Randy Tyler mostly, but I mean. Rick so, Rocket. and I, I read a little bit about him. He's played by um, Pete Smith, which is a pretty boring name. But this guy, he's actually—I mean, he's held belts in various indie leagues. He wrestled in Canada and like Northern California and stuff. This guy has a criminology degree. Huh? He, he has—he got his master's in criminology from Cambridge. He uh, he has a law degree from uh, from a different other university. He's basically a, he's a he was a practicing lawyer that would wrestle for fun and takes a chance of going out there and fucking getting yeah. crippled. Yeah, and he and he he uh, he basically like he school always came easy for him. He would finish like he he would finish top of his class. <laughs> Jeez, I think I would have found a better you know. Yeah, he um, but he. Um, well, he's just, I guess he liked it, you know? Hey. But he, he, I think he became a teacher or something, and he works for like a pretty prestigious law firm or whatever. But yeah, he, um, he actually like held NWA belts and everything like that. He wrestled since the late 80s. So he was actually older than I thought he looked in this movie. So he would have been, you know, he was in his 40s in this probably. Yeah. Um, and you could tell he knew what he was doing. You could tell all these guys did, I, actually. I mean, except for the French-Canadian and the Mexican guy. Yeah. <laughs> which was pretty... Tomahawk Jacques. 
<laughs> that was a pretty funny bit that they would always do. But then the other guy that was on top in TCICWF was Steve Justice. And Steve Justice is such a jackass. He he is listed as TCICWF's most popular wrestler. He always I wears, know guys like just like him. Yeah, exactly, which makes it was what makes it funny. So he's always wearing a name tag of that says something. And all he talks about is being in the show. And like as they slowly reveal through the movie, like Oh, you know, he talks about this being just a stepping stone for him and everything. He was only in the show, and I guess we could assume the show is WWF. Yeah. He was like Crash Davis from Bull Durham. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Going to the show. He was there for six months, and while he was there, he was under a mask. Like he played Phantom. He was Phantom number, number two. two. He wasn't even number one. He was like number two. <laughs> and he's such a like. I guess he was a wrestler too. He didn't really have the. He had the build of a of of a seventies wrestler, not the build of a two thousand. Yeah, kind of like Tommy Dreamer or something, you know, kind of flabby, well, Tommy, a little bit of flabby. And he had well, Tommy Dreamer's shoulders were broad at least. This guy just well, had he a gut. was in a lot of stuff though. I mean, it, I mean, twelve different like TV shows and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's yeah, not a big deal, but still. Um. So then Oops. you have you have other the other kind of uh, mid card guys. You have Tommy Powers who. They call him aspiring role model. He's the he's like the Christian warrior uh, or something. Yeah, he's great. He was the Tim <laughs> Tebow of. Uh, he always he won't curse. He says, "Jeepers, who the heck do you think you are? You're gonna get your fanny kicked." <laughs> and like they go and wrestle at a, a Catholic school in front of like 15 people, <laughs> and uh, all the students are there, like just bored out of their heads until the one guy gigs himself and bleeds. <laughs> Oh, the kid God. Yeah, I love that guy when he's like showing him how to gig, like uh, cut himself in on the, the interview. And I don't know how they did that, but man, it was just like. Well, he was wearing a hat, so he must have done like, uh, you know, when, um, you remember when Papa Shango did the, the curse on the Ultimate Warrior shit. and he had the goo come out of his headband? Or, or, sorry, What's sad is, is that on that one video on YouTube where uh, the Vashans are wrestling a tag team and the Crusher comes in and he runs. Mad Dog's head into the ring post, and Mad Dog cuts his head. Well, he bladed himself on the artery, and it looks like that, <laughs> but it was real. Well, that's what happened with fucking, fucking bled to death. New Jack and uh, that mass transit guy that was like sixteen. Yeah. He fucking almost bled him to death. He was that was aortal sprays almost. Yeah. That's, when you're watching, you know, when people say old fucking blood capsule stuff, and you watch that one with Mad Dog with Sean, you can see him like. Land on the ring and it's just squirting out, Ugh. and the, the the guy on the thing's saying he's like, "Somebody get an get some pressure on that, get an ambulance or whatever." And I mean, it's like, God damn, man, because I guess you know you do have arteries in your fucking head. Well, yeah, I mean, like think about when you with when, a razor blade when you see people get like stressed or whatever, or like the the vein will pop yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. If you cut that thing, I could imagine. Um, Ugh. You got Cam Cunningham, who is a he's kind of a douche. <laughs> <laughs> he was a, good though. I mean, I, I know funny. guys in our community that are like that. He's he was very enthusiastic. <laughs> like he's yeah. What? <laughs> uh, no, you know, what what? No. He, he just no. wants to help and he wants to be part of the thing, so he'll do any kind of jobs, but he's kind of a he's kind of a dummy. Like he will like he always forgets the bell. That's his I gimmick. loved the scene where uh what Randy they were practicing clotheslines and he goes Go in there and give uh, uh, <laughs> Steve Justice. Justice. Yeah, yeah go get, just give him one. Give him one. And he fucking went in, and st that Steve Justice was just standing there. He wasn't even like expecting. <laughs> and he actually just clotheslined him right in the face. 
<laughs> he tries. It was like a, that was what they call a rib. That was definitely a rib. So that was funny. Uh, Steve Justice, the 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 running gag is um uh so Rocket while Al is gone, Rocket keeps booking the shows. So you know, booking being uh deciding who's going over what match is happening when that sort of thing, and um he keeps booking Steve Justice in two matches, and Steve Justice is a super lazy wrestler. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a funny. Um, he he's, he's in, he feels entitled since he was Phantom Number Two, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he he has this one really funny match against I've, I don't remember who he was wrestling against, but he hits a he gets a like a reverse chin lock and it's just like four minutes later and he's still Slays like on the mat, and he's like yeah. <sighs> like catching his breath like a total like and, well, and I it, had that I mean we had that when uh, when I was in like uh, I don't know junior high or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we went and watched, and it was Tommy Rogers who was part of the Fantastics. But that was before he was part of the Fantastics. He was just a like a sort of a top tier job guy. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he wrestled the light heavyweight or the junior heavyweight champion of the world, Les Thornton, who was like one of those British uh, guys that could stretch the shit out of you, the man of a thousand holds, Les Thornton. And he got Tommy Rogers. It was like hip lock takedown. Hip lock takedown. Hold him in a headlock. And everybody, we just start, boo, boring, boo. And they just kept doing it. Because they always said, you know, don't let the crowd control you. You control the crowd. So when the crowd would chant boring, instead of jumping up and trying to be more exciting, they just laid in that headlock. And I'm telling you what, I thought the place was going to go nuts. Because everybody's like, you fucking piece of shit. Uh, It's great. That's funny. No, but back then it wasn't great. It no, was like no. Sabisco doing the stall. Oh my god! <laughs> it still drives me crazy now. I watched. I, I sat and watched this like random AWA compilation on YouTube a couple weeks ago, and fucking the it wasn't. It wasn't even against a, a tough guy, and yeah. he still did the stall. Can you imagine if you did the stall? Like if you were gonna fuck a girl and you just did the stall. <laughs> just right when I get ready to start, I, I jump off the bed and start walking around like in the cinema. Yeah, like cutting your hair and. You get up and stretch. <laughs> She's like, "Are you gonna fuck me or what?" Uh, Kick bitch. <laughs> but yeah, that guy, that guy cutting himself was funny. I don't remember his name. Um, so there's the, the the two guys I mentioned. There's the French. There's a French Canadian guy who always he's dressed as a, a tomahawk he, jock. Tomahawk jock. He's supposed to. Be, he has like five <laughs> gimmicks. <laughs> he was a red-haired French Indian. American Indian. Yeah, and he would always try to come out and he would try to get the crowd involved and like you just hear you'd hear please, silence. Please. Yeah. He'd put his hand up and there'd just be nothing at all. And um the guy he would always fight against was called El Roboto, who oh, had God. a silver suit. He was like Lasertron, except yeah. he would do the uh fucking robot. Yeah. And, and he would always the, the it was always uh the nipple twist. <laughs> followed, yeah, they do the same match. Followed all the time. by the sleeper hold every single match. It was really funny. Um, so Jock, he looked like Morgan Spurlock. <laughs> he did, <laughs> totally. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see, Al Thompson. I talked about him. Right. Um, and then uh, you got uh, Marco Payne, who's quite funny in it. Uh, Marco Payne seems like he might have been a, a wrestler at one point. He's the um, he's the color commentator yeah, of the like league. Randy Savage. Yeah, and he's he always has these funny like he's always like. Call your grandma, baby. This match is over. And the guy's like, "What does that even mean?" He's like, "You know, it's over." But the the best one, he's always trying to bathroom at in this place when he go in the bar and try to pick up chicks. Yeah, the funniest one was when he picks up the one chick 
and he's asking her where the closest veterinarian and he's like it's it's kind of a touching story see and he flexes and points to his biceps he's like these pythons are sick (laughs) 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 i love it um but what i think what i think cements it like being not totally just making fun of wrestling one one finding out about the wrestlers but two when the the talk he gives at the end which i think it, it was a little obvious being a wrestling fan but for somebody this this is this one unlike grunt would be a good movie for non-wrestling fans to watch too i think yeah but um when he comes in when so steve justice it's their very last show and he's pissed about cuz he's been told he's going to not get the championship back when it's totally pointless and you know when we were listening to um Tully and uh and Magnum TA talk at the Charlotte thing and somebody asked him what their favorite belt was or whatever, or their, their most proud belt or whatever like it was. And both of them were like, <laughs> yeah, like belts really don't, you know, you're basically, you know, basically a lot of wrestlers will tell you. And it's just extra weight in their bags to have to carry to the <laughs> Yeah, airport. they're like, the, the belt is meant as, a, you know, it's for the fans, but What's it's like prop? the wrestlers don't give a shit. You know, they as long as they're making money, they don't care. Except Oli, Oli had some funny things to say about... Uh, Harley race. Cause he said Harley race. Like, <laughs> like they had at some tournament where he won a trophy and he actually took it home. Cause he thought he actually won it or something. Yeah. And he says, I'd love to see Harley's house. Cause he probably has like trophies and belts all over the place and pictures of himself. <laughs> anyway, he was so, handsome. Harley race. I loved Harley. God damn it. Um, yeah, he was not one to, to fuck with. Yeah. He, uh, well, Mick Foley was saying in his book that Harley race was famous for opening people up the old fashioned way. He'd take a knuckle and hit you in the eyebrow. Yeah. Well, he had that. He had a car wreck, and so he had like a steel, like I don't know if it was one or two or something like steel rods had to have him put in his forearm from where he broke his arm so bad. And I guess it was just like a goddamn club. And they said, and I remember somebody saying he had fingers like fucking uh, goddamn cigars or like big fat sausages (laughs) because he was known for being like a one of one of the guys that would. uh, like uh, pop your eyeball out in a bar fight or yeah, they said you always knew if somebody if if a, you could always tell somebody that got in a fight with Harley Race because they'd always have a big scrape mark uh from his thumbnail right by their eyeball. Oh god. That's so fucked up. Now what was the guy's name in this movie? I don't remember his character's name, the blonde spiky-haired guy. Oh, the guy that uh, yeah, every, he, everybody thought he was uh, the ambiguously gay guy. He's new to the Brian he's new Pillman. coming in. The Brian Pill or the Tom Zink would come in and uh, um. I don't remember, but he was pretty funny because he would always was be he doing Todd these. Todd Powers, he wasn't Todd. No, Todd Powers. Powers was the Christian guy. Okay, yeah, that's right. Um, I don't remember. He was just this little short chiseled guy yeah he was very ripped and he wore you know he would always wear the tiny pants he's always he always be oiling himself up he loved the abdominal stretch (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's good that's good right right, hold it right there right that wasn't lucky lip lip chuck was it no that wasn't lucky lip chuck either i don't know who it was he um but my favorite part with him was where he was stretching the the stretches in the (laughs) Uh, and like, he walk around naked. I all, hated guys like that in high school. <laughs> all the guys are in the locker room trying, trying to get ready, and and uh, Rocket Randy walks in. And he's telling them like what the match lineup's going to be for the night, and they need to find somebody to wrestle because somebody didn't show up or whatever. And um, he's sitting there stretching, like doing these deep stretches, like way out with no pants on at all, <laughs> <laughs> and a big blur over his crotch and stuff. <laughs> so everybody thought he was gay the whole time. He had a match with Todd Powers, the Christian guy, and what it was, was fun. It was funny well, they did a little. The uh, 
maybe it's just because we got to see the guys behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But I would have thought that the Rocket Randy would have been the babyface guy, and Steve Justice would have been the asshole and, heel. Because in real life, they they were the opposite of what they were in real life. Well, in yeah, ring. and but it, what's funny is Rocket Randy. That was his must have been his character because in that thing I read about Pete Smith, he he played a a heel the entire time he wrestled. Huh. So. So I mean, you know, maybe the I, I feel like maybe his gimmicks and stuff that he was bringing, like the powder and stuff, might have been stuff he was actually using. Oh, and his kick—he actually did the super kick in real in his real matches, and they called him Sweet Potato Pie. Like sweet that was it. The Sweet Potato Pie. Call your grandma. This match is over. Um, Call your grandma. This match is over, Jimmy. <laughs> it's like fuck. He was so funny. Yeah. Um, but that uh, the blonde guy again had the had that line. He said, "You know the." Hot, virile, sexy young men sweating under hot lights, doing all sorts of body scissors and bear hugs. Yeah. Yeah, he was funny. If you go to, there, now, you, you have to just kind of find him by accident, but I found like, uh, you know, Killer Carl Cox was not a good looking guy. He was like, uh, right. he had the horseshoe, he was completely bald on top, the horseshoe hair around the size, big kind of belly, but he was, you know, a really good wrestler. Uh, real re- well respected, but if you looked at him, you wouldn't be like, "Oh my God, he's hot." But if you go to several YouTube uh, pro wrestling clips, mm-hmm. um, there's a guy that posts them as uh, like almost like gay porn. Mm-hmm. Like if it was like, oh, uh, I've seen those, yeah, yeah. So it'd be like Steve Kern and Stan Lane against uh, Killer Carl Cox and fucking uh, Kamala, and they'd be like um, two. Um, Two muscled up, uh, two two muscle boys wrestling uh, uh, big bear, so and so, and but they use these the, these uh, you know the homosexual uh, like vernacular or whatever, like an otter uh, and a bear against you know two muscle boy muscle bottom boys or something. You're like, what the fuck? It's Ernie Ladd and Jack Briscoe. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> but I guess the guy is looking at it and they're like, ooh. Yeah, I mean, no, yeah, you I, know, which whatever. I've seen those. They just they just do the leg scissor for like ten minutes straight. Ugh. Um. So uh, you know, I like where this movie went. Everybody kind of gets their time in the sun. So they, you know, they're building up to their final show and they're trying to get a big crowd. And um, you know, I was reading it when I was reading that interview with Pete Smith. He was saying that they actually got real wrestling fans to come and watch that last yeah. that last show. They filmed this in about two uh. weeks. And while he was working, so he said it was crazy, like, you know, fast paced and everything to get everything in. Um, you know, there's some funny things that show back like old photos and stuff. Uh, you know, uh, S- Steve Justice and uh, Rocket Randy used to be tag team partners. They're different gimmicks. The they did. The mi- Remember they the, did like all the characters they showed. Them the on? silent assassins. Yeah, silent or the, assassins. the funny, the, the funniest one was the arrested developments and their final oh. move was called the IQ. Nice. <laughs> uh, uh, but the you know it's it's you know that'll teach that no good communist something about freedom. But he's from Japan, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the and then one more line. Uh, I may not be a rich potato baron like you. Oh, well, that was a pretty funny line too. But everybody kind of gets their their time in the sun. You see a hardcore match. You see you know some uh, some good just I mean decent. They, they show quite a bit of wrestling in it. Um, the Mexican dude had. Uh, El Roboto had uh, he had some funny shirts. Um, How about that fat hillbilly guy that showed up? That, he was the potato bear, and he was yeah, the potato, the potato bar- bear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> look at Justice with Tyler in the air and a fistful of junk, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, so anyway, what do you have? What, do you have anything else to add? I, I, I'll tell you what. I liked, I mean, even though the guys weren't like professional actors, yeah. I thought that Rocket Randy, like, I mean, he was one of these guys that even though he would be like playing a joke on somebody or whatever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, he really played it well. Yeah. Like if he was playing a rib on somebody with uh what's it cam cunningham or or when he was t- every time he'd be talking to cam cunningham i just liked his reactions or everything i thought he was you know even though he might not be a trained actor or whatever in this type cam, of cam role, cunningham was, good. was pretty good too i really laughed the first time when he said he forgot the bell and the look on cam cunningham's face is like oh, 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 oh like he he just realized and he ended up with a i forgot what he used the First time he used a triangle, and I forgot what yeah. he rang together the second cow time. Bell. He forgot the cow Okay. <laughs> 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 uh, that poor guy. There was several. I, I've heard like stories where like guys would like actually forget to bring the like they were supposed to drive the ring truck and they'd forget <laughs> to bring the ring truck or somebody would steal it. And how about that that, that one guy? They, uh, when uh, Steve Justice was supposed to wrestle a midget. But it didn't look like it. the guy didn't look like a midget to me. No, he looked like he looked like somebody. He put they put a regular sized person in the dryer. Yeah, that wasn't a midget. <laughs> he was just um, a really small person. But uh, I thought it was pretty fucking funny. Like I said, I mean, for for none of them being like pro professional actors or whatever, mm-hmm. just getting in there. But I think it's because they were playing characters that hit so close to home that yeah. you know that they probably have seen like. Uh, um, Aaron von Raschke, <laughs> Aaron von Raschke was talking the other day about uh, like uh, uh, you know b- back when I wrestled there was a riot every night you know it's been, th- yeah, there's yeah. so many of these things that are so cliche that if you watch enough wrestling interviews that the old wrestlers like every every match they wrestled in there was a riot and yeah, yeah. and uh, I did this and I did that and so it it is pretty funny so a lot of the stuff if you watch um if you're if you're yeah if you if you're a wrestling fan you'll get what they're going with all the different yeah. like uh the heel moves and the the lazy the lazy face uh the um uh the the generic masked wrestler the you know the 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 veteran that refuses to lose i mean they're all in here so yeah it's pretty funny and yeah. but i enjoyed it i didn't expect much out of it cuz i'd never even heard of it mm-hmm. and then uh when i started watching i was like okay what's this going to be and then it actually ended up being pretty fucking entertaining for a little low budget movie that probably cost them like a you know 200 dollars <laughs> to make the whole thing <laughs> yeah so yeah i had a good time with it cool um well, we can rate it. They, uh, I've like I'd seen this one before. Uh, I discovered it a few years ago when I was doing. I, I I reviewed a bunch of wrestling movies all in one month on my blog, and uh, this is I discovered this one then. Um, Do you still have a blog? I, it's still there, but I haven't really used it at all. <laughs> the you've moved into another medium. Well, it, it, what stinks is that yeah, I have, for better or worse. The what? Um, what? <laughs> I went back. I, I tried to go back to the website that they sold this DVD on, but it was like it's 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 like given some kind of warning, like malware things. So I don't know if it's gone down or what. So yeah. you might be able to find it on Amazon or something. But um, I like this. I, I, I and I I felt the same about it now as I did when I saw it the first time a few years ago. Um, I give this a I give it a seven point five. It's a, it's a solid little fun little movie. Oh yeah, I'm right there with you. I give probably. Uh, yeah, seven point five sounds good. I I really I'd watch it again. I mean, I fucking like if after, especially after we're sitting here talking about it and shit, I'd put it in and get and watch it. Yeah, <laughs> look at the way the rocket flies over the top rope. That proves he has great athleticism. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, but I did. I dug the line too. Not long ago, you were all monkeys when he was trying to get a rise out oh, of the Catholic yeah. school. <laughs> yes, that was awesome. Uh. <laughs> that, you know, there's nothing worse though. Like um, when uh, we were at the wrestling convention and the guy had the zits all over his back. Mm. There's a certain things. I mean, even even though you're their heels and you're supposed to be like booing them and shit. Like there's yeah. stuff like uh, when the guy said, "Hey, why don't you try some proactive?" I just cringed because I, I felt, felt kind of sorry for I the really, guy. I, did. I felt bad for him too. But but I don't know. But that's but my thing is this: I felt bad for him, but why? <laughs> he's doing it to himself. Plus, he's just this muscle. But I mean, he just looked like some young kid. Yeah, he was like twenty know? something. Yeah, but like was... if Muscle Wolf was sitting right beside of us, <laughs> at like less than probably three feet away, and you're like, God, that's fucking ridiculous. God, they look so stupid. And then that guy gets in there. <laughs> I mean, I did. I mean, when those guys started chanting, I was like, ugh, because I was looking at you and looking at Justin. Go, God, look at that. So gross, you know. And it didn't me, but I felt bad. When the guy started saying, I don't mind like saying, you know, you, you know, you fucking suck, you cheat well, he, or whatever. And, and, he's, and he's there. He was there. In the, and, and that's, that's the thing about wrestling in general. They're there to, you know, fucking hurt themselves, which is yeah. as weird as it is. They're there to hurt themselves to make us happy. And, you know, they want us to boo us a certain way, but nobody wants to get like. You zits know. all over their back. <laughs> nobody wants to get zits on the back. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wants to touch a zitty back. Oh my god, I wouldn't have wanted to lock up with that guy. <laughs> oh, it looks so disgusting. But you know, I mean, the guy's out there doing his job. He doesn't want to get like somebody to tell him your dick's tiny. You got a zitty back. You know, none of that. You well, know. that's like the the, the uh, Bobby Fulton's two little kids come out there. <laughs> and I really didn't want to engage them. I mean, I was heckling pretty hard, and I know that they were trying to. I'd look over at him, and then I'd be like, I try, I just ignored him because I was like, man, I don't want to sit here and call a little kid a motherfucker or something. <laughs> Yeah. You know, <laughs> sit down, you little fucking cocksucker. <sighs> cool. Um, why don't we take a break and we'll come back and do some feed sack and wrap it up? Because I'm up. getting tired. We'll be oh, right back. Oh, man up. Yeah, sack up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's me again. Hey there, boys and girls. This is Maverick New York filmmaker Abel Ferrara, director of such films as Driller Killer, Miss 45, Bad Lieutenant, China Girl, Beer City, and Nine Lives of the Wet Pussy. When I'm not out power drilling hoboes, smoking rock cocaine, hanging out with Bruce Willis, uh, when I'm not doing that, I'm listening to The Milk Creeps. It's a podcast, whatever the fuck that is. They covered my movie Driller Killer on their very first episode, so they're obviously sick fucks. If you like that kind of thing, check them out on Facebook or iTunes. Yeah, they're called the Mill Creeps. All right. For more information, go to facebook.com slash millcreeps, millcreeps.lipson.com, or look up the Mill Creeps on iTunes or Stitcher. Ready? One, two, three, four.
All right, feed sack. So, um, our friend of the show, I don't know if he actually listens, Gronky. He's always very distraught because he always misses out on the uh, the calls on uh, you on Facebook for the YouTube music links to pick. <laughs> so I felt bad. So I let him pick all three songs this week. So he did he did did damn good. I had yeah, some fun with this. Yeah. All right. So feed sack time. Let's see what we got here. Let me dig deep in the mail satchel. And oh, set me in the mail satchel. <laughs> yes, my mail satchel. It itches. I had to dig deep and scratch the under underside. You ever scratch it and then like you smell your fingers every single time. Yeah, especially <laughs> after you like play basketball. Or something. Ugh, onion bag. <laughs> That's a, those <laughs> chips. I'll never forget those goddamn chips. You bought <laughs> my whole car. Fucking as soon as you open that bag, I was like. Ugh. <laughs> I'd rather smell balls than these and chips. And you're like, go well, just try one. Just try one. Just Did you ever like, try one? It fucking, I, they stunk like shit. Why the I, fuck would I, I want to eat one? I almost ate the whole bag. I, I ate them all the way home. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Let me, let me turn off Cybotron here. And, uh, <laughs> we should be doing the robot while we're listening to that. Like, <laughs> Pinching nipples and sleeper holds. All right. Jacques. I think we got a happy birthday wish. I wish my name was Jacques. Hey, there you go. This is the best of the Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. This is the We need to know the karaoke. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. yeah. You guys are two years old. Well, I can't believe that, you know? All those months ago when you, you know, you first got in contact with me, you said, lie, you know, we need your help. We need your experience with wisdom, you know? We're flattering it. Can <laughs> you know, can you help us out, yeah. you know? And I look at how far you guys have come. It's, you know, it's beautiful, you know? You, you kids are, like, blossoming into... Proper like young men now, you know. So, you know, you go, you go off, and you start, you know, living your lives. But you know, at the moment, you still need to have the security line looking at you. But yeah, I love you guys. You, you guys are fucking great. You know, good times. Happy birthday to Sylvia Go from Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Ugh. I, I almost feel bad for fart noising Expendables 2. Almost. <laughs> you gotta call him like you see him. It is. You got to know when to, when to hold him. Know when to fold him. Uh, just as you said Over that, I stuck my hand down my pants. Denny's diary. What the fuck were you playing at? Wait, who is this? Silver and fucking gold. Denny's diary. What the fuck were you playing at? having them two British renters on the show the other week. Now, I know I'm a Brit, but I'm a top boy. Top boy. Top boy with them, Smurmy. You get these two muggy British cancelled. I, I listen and I expect burping, farting, zombie talking about having his arse lit. <laughs> they get these two fucking cancelled. Having said that, did a better fucking job than you, yank bastards. Oh. Fucking muggy cunts. I know that's you, Jeff Carnes. Redneck. 
fucking yeah, bastard. <laughs> that was a fucking proper show. MMA. Didn't like it at first. When I got used to it, I really did. I think you guys should be fucking replaced. Have bricks on every fucking week. Hmm, wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, bastards. Fucking football, American football. I can be called football when you use your hands. <laughs> There's no football. Apart from when some cunt fucking kicks it for a fucking field goal or whatever you want to call it. You fucking muggy cunt. Muggy. I think I've written on every fucking week. Is he on a walkie-talkie? cunt Jason <laughs> keeps drinking in. How does fuck? They don't have those in England yet. Get all this Hollywood work with me, Danny Dyer. I'm stuck making straight to DVD British gangster movies. Absolute pile of fucking wank. Sort it out. <laughs> I don't think I know who Danny Dyer is. Do you? I don't even know what the, what was what was that. <laughs> so Danny Dyer. I thought that was that guy from San Francisco. Well, I was he's gonna an say actor. Accents. I mean, he's been in a lot of stuff, but Jesus Christ, I've, I don't even I don't know what any of this is. I'm sorry, Danny Dyer, that I've never heard. Maybe we need to do a Danny Dyer double feature of British asshole we've never heard of double feature. <laughs> British asshole who called in and fucking left us a message. I have an idea. I know who it is. I think he's a Manchester United fan, and maybe a. A Green Bay Packers fan, even though he hates American football. Oh, that kind of narrows it down. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Packers. Next sack. Next hey guys, sack. The Cinemascus Justin here. Uh, I just wanted to call him real quick and congratulate Bernie Sticky and James on a terrific show. Uh, that they did uh, filling the mighty shoes of Loaf and Zom. I wasn't uh, sure what was going to happen on that episode because uh, both Zom and Loaf, specifically Zom, uh, were very tight-lipped and uh, just kept telling me it was a secret because I'm like, you know, how are you guys doing a show if you're down here in Charlotte, North Carolina with me, uh, sweating and grappling with a bunch of wrestlers um, and waxing ox baker's mustache and eyebrows. <laughs> that's and awesome. I, that's how it answered it. Uh, and uh, I seriously, absolutely loved it. <laughs> um, I really hope that uh, Bernie and James get their own show maybe someday, or you know, just maybe pop up on another show or sometime. I don't know. Maybe and maybe they can take over for the GGTMC when they go down to Whorehound in a few weeks. Um, so seriously, guys, great job. Uh, they keep up the good work. I hope that you actually do more work that you can keep up the good work. What? I don't understand <laughs> that. What do you, what's that? What? I don't know. Next yeah. next sack. Thank you, Justin. Oh hell yeah. Oh hell no. Sam Kelp, Steve Austin has been making a splash on the interwebs lately, all through the social media bullshit because he's coming out <laughs> in support of gay marriage. Did you see that? Now let's yeah. Sam Kelp, Steve Austin set the record straight. You see, he believes that any person that is in love with another person, whether they're man or man, woman or woman, man or woman, man and a donkey, woman and a dog, Stone Cold doesn't care. 
If you love somebody, you should be able to marry them, and there should be no goddamn reason why you can't. And while I've had some experiences that made me feel this way with some people that I've known, truth be told, Stokoff feels this way because he's been listening to Selwyn Gold for a few years, and after listening to how much time they love be each exact. other and how happy they make <laughs> each other, I thought, why the hell can't these two, you know, be married legally? What kind of bullshit is that? You know, if Simon Love <laughs> want to go to these wrestling conventions with sorry Stone Cold Steve Austin didn't make the NWA Mid-Atlantic Legends, kind of because he wasn't in NWA, but he knows there was an ECW thing, and he was in ECW, he was in WCW, he was in WWF and A, whichever you want to call that, open it up again, where's that? But you know, he's busy with making movies and redneck guys and supporting gay marriage. But he thought, it's time to go, it's time to let one to go down there. Rub oil, want to punch wrestlers at each other, want to go eat cheese off each other's chests, what? and you know, just suck each other's cocks. Why can't they do that legally? Uh, you know, I I love the show. I love that you guys. Uh, you know, I've been supporting each other, he lost, and he you lost know, you make the long distance relationship work. <laughs> and I don't think it's right. The love has to be married to a woman to make it. You know, to make a cover up. Well, you don't have to be ashamed. That's why Simon's not married. He knows his true love. Did you two still come to the way he's going to go the whole way up? Barack Obama He's going to tell me better make Barack Obama. I'm going to hit you with a stunner. Oh, hell, yeah, yeah. Okay. I do have a comment about <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm glad that he came out and said that he thought you know, that gay marriage should be legal and everything. But everybody, I mean, you know, I'm sorry, but Stone Cold, uh, you got arrested for beating your fucking wife and pled no contest. Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah. You, you sound like you're, you know, I, mean, I mean, you know. Sorry, Stone Whatever, Cold. dude. Don't beat on women. That's true. Beat on men. They like it better. Yeah. What? Next sack. Maybe, Last maybe. sack. He beat on his wife because he was, uh, whatever, <laughs> denying he's, himself. He's uh, King Kong Bundy. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> he was thinking about the hot, virile, sexy young men sweating under the hot lights. Yeah. Body scissoring like, and bare God hugging. damn it, I teamed up with Brian Pillman too, and I never got any of that. <laughs> Hollywood blondes, motherfucker. Were they, were they the Hollywood blondes? Uh yes yeah they were that. the second incarnation the original incarnation of Hollywood Blondes was Jerry Brown and Buddy Jack Roberts yeah I said it <laughs> <laughs> last feed sack woo what all right silver and gold Jason fucking stay for me now uh, I'm very serious here I've got uh, some real problems with some of the people ringing up your fucking program <laughs> and going on about my very good mate Sylvester Stallone. Now, oh. what you don't understand is Sly is a very lovely, gentle, sensitive man, and he just wants to please people. And you fucking cunts ringing up, that fucking <laughs> Bryn guy ringing up and talking shit about him, 
Fucking hell, Bryn. For a start, your name's not Bryn, it's fucking Brian. If your name's Bryn, <laughs> fucking spell it, Bryn, you know? I'm fucking Jason, I'm not just Saul. What the fuck's that all about? That Mr. fucking FX bloke writing that nice flowery fucking email all about how, what, what fucking shit Sly is. It's all right to write a nice fucking email and you got your thesaurus open next to you, getting all your big fucking words out, isn't it, eh, Mr. FX? But how are you going to fare in a bare-knuckle boxing match with me, mate? You're fucking not, are you? You're going to be fucking dead in 12 fucking seconds, you cunt. Um, anyway, other than that, I really enjoyed the show. Lovely. I think you guys are great. You've got a great rapport. You seem to be very uh, nice. You work together very well, very funny. Uh, those British geezers you got to fill in a couple of weeks ago. Uh, well, yeah, it's all right, I suppose, whatever. Um, but uh, that's it, really. Keep up the good work. Love you guys. Bye. Our voicemails are getting so have, angry. Does this mean we have to ban Statham? <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Let's meet it. Let's talk about it on the group. The other group. Um, <laughs> so, so next week on the show, thank you for everybody for sending this feed sack. Uh, you can always send us feed sacks to 206-339-1600 or silvergoldpodcast at gmail.com. But some of you don't feel like you have to. Don't feel like you have to. We like to get questions, and we're going to have a new karaoke contest soon. I feel like more karaoke, because I, I heard Eye of the Tiger on the radio when I was in Charlotte, and it made me pump God. for karaoke again. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, find us on iTunes, on Stitcher Radio, and on silvaandgold.com, and join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash silvaandgold, and just like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash silvaandgold. Uh, that's where we put our updates and shit. So next week, uh, we got a, I don't know how to categorize this yet. They're just Westerns for right now. Uh, Scott Clickers from Married with Clickers. Check out his and his lovely wife's show. Um, recommended a couple Westerns for us to review. Uh, we're going to do a Lee Marvin, Jack Palance from 1970 called Monty Walsh. Mm-hmm. And a Oliver Reed, Gene Hackman from 1971 called The Hunting Party. So it should be fun. I have not seen either of them. So I'm excited about those. I haven't watched a Western in quite a while. Maybe for the show might have been the last time I ever watched one. So cool. cool. Um, Zom. Thank you very much, people. It's about time we to really this appreciate up. the support. I am Roboto. I will twist your nipples and end the show. Domo arigato. And I will put you to sleep, not with the sleeper hold, but with my boring, monotoned voice and crappy podcast. Mm, crappy podcast. Uh, Check. So, that's so. about it for us this week. Until next week. It's about that time. This is Loaf. Oot. <laughs> <laughs> Zom oot, right? Right. Bye. Bye.